how does hanging out with four hot Ukrainian model babes make you a pervert? Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It is Thursday, August 25th, 2011. Time for your Get My Nation Media Assassination Episode 333. This is No Agenda. Back at home base here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. And get that little sting at the end. Yeah, well, it's because you didn't have much to say. And then uh, it overlaps each other. They're individual elements. It's, uh, this is all I like produced. That sting. Yeah, it's all produced live. Can you play that sting? At the 33. Announcing 33. Hey, <laughs> it's our lucky 333 show, John. And congratu- yep. congratulations to you, my uh, my friend, on 333 episodes of Pure Copper. Right. <laughs> because that's about all we can do. That worked. Yeah. We had plastic on the last show. My goodness. Well, we moved up the ladder. I'm telling you. I have, Wow. This is the paper anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> Is is that what three no three 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 isn't that? Yeah, that's what it is. Is paper yeah. Yeah, after it's paper. you've married for three hundred thirty three years, then you get a paper anniversary. Yeah. Uh, so in the, the formaldehyde in the, anniversary, hey, in, in the morning to you, John. In the morning to you, Adam, and all ships at sea in the morning, and feet on the ground, boots in the air, and everything in between. Yes, of course, all the boots on the ground in Libya, and of course, all of our. Uh, all of our human resources who have joined us today in the chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. It's great to have you all on board. Some of you have been here for 333 episodes, and we highly appreciate that, as well as your government, who just loves you being all charged up so they can deplete you of your energy and, and your money and everything else. Or shake you up if on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, we were right in the middle of that one. That was kind of interesting. Did you feel it? Did I feel it? We were on the eighth floor of the hotel. I thought, oh, that's right. You had already checked in the yeah, uh, we, yeah. Well, it was okay. So there are a couple of things we have to talk about. This this does play into it. So we returned from we came down from um, New York, New Jersey, and we decided to since the campground uh, there was no Wi Fi at all at the illustrious Jersey City uh, Marina and RV Park. As you know, we decided to do it from uh, from the woods there, right around the NSA, which is more or less exactly where the epicenter of this earthquake took place. And uh, and if you look on Google Maps, you're not going to see little signs that says NSA here. <laughs> but, but if you drive on the road on 95, <clears throat> there's all these like NSA exit, you know, like secret secret building. Pay no attention. Keep driving. <laughs> that place is big, by the way. Well, the NSA building. Yeah. You can't see it from the road, really. You can't see it. Um, so this is all kind of around. In fact, we we dropped the RV off about 20 minutes from Baroness Maggie Vincent of Virginia's home in Culpeper. You've probably heard that name in the past few days uh, at, a, at an RV detailing and cleaning place. And then uh, Harry Pilgrim and his uh, lovely wife, Jennifer, drove us uh, to D.C. and we checked into the hotel. Now. So uh, we were there, uh, so we, we we actually got out a little bit, and then we you know, went to bed on time. Next uh, day, we woke, next morning, we woke up. Now, here's what's really weird about this, and I'll tell you my experience. I've been through a couple earthquakes in California, um, San Diego. You've been through earthquakes, John. You've been through several of them, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Including the big one there and uh, what was that, I uh, missed the big one. You missed the big one? Yeah. I was out of town. I was in Texas because, you know, I've always been told to 
to, if there's an earthquake, be in a safe place. So I was in Texas. Right. Well, of course, uh, we all we've known for years about the uh, the Great Virginia Fault. I mean, this was <laughs> totally to be expected that this would take place. Uh, so we we have like a late breakfast lunch. Uh, outside, we're sitting under a parasol, and the skies are completely blue. It's a beautiful day, and uh, and and you know we're reading the paper because you know they hand they they leave a Washington Post uh, by your doorstep, the the, the local uh, Ministry of Truth rag, and uh, and Mickey says it's raining. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she says, I feel drops, I feel moisture. And so, you know, I lean back away from the parasol, and I feel it too. And I'm like, we're looking around, is someone spraying plants or something? It's like, nothing. I mean, And the sky is blue, John, except for tons of chemtrails. Or, I'm sorry, persistent jet uh, contrails. And so I make the joke at that point. I say, yeah, well, there you go. That's the, that's the chemtrail stuff falling on us. It was just weird, you know, and, and we're still not convinced that maybe there was someone watering some plants somewhere, but we couldn't see anything where this moisture was coming from. So this is around one thirty. We go back to the hotel, and Mickey's actually on the phone uh, with the with the hotel in Vegas. She's arranging a Christina's twenty first birthday party for uh, for this Friday night, and uh, and I'm standing right right next to her. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'm looking. I'm just I'm not sitting down, and she says. Uh, I feel an earthquake. And I'm like, what? And then it happens. We're on the eighth floor. And this earthquake, John, was not the rolling, swaying side to side. Of course, we we're on the eighth floor, so everything's accentuated. It was up and down. It was it was an up and down earthquake, which was really something I hadn't felt before. So have you ever felt an up and down earthquake where you're bouncing? Uh, I've never actually been thrown to the ground by an earthquake, no. Well, I didn't say I was thrown to the ground. It was just like a bouncing one. It no, wasn't. I've only been in the side to side earthquakes. Okay. Well, that's that's all I've ever felt either. And I'm like, and first I'm like, nah, that's like a bus or something going by. And then it got pretty heavy. And uh, and I'm surfing. I'm like, yay. So anyway, so we just keep looking at each other. And then you know, and the lady on the phone in Vegas is like, are you okay? What's going on? And Mickey's on the landline, by the way. And uh, so it's over, and it does last a good, I don't know, 20, 25 seconds. Didn't feel it's long. Yeah, it was pretty long. It, it really swelled up, and then it got intense. And I'm like, wow, that was an earthquake. Because, you know, we're California Iaeans. And, uh, yeah, did you, oh, wait a minute. Did you run out and panic? No, did you run into the streets no. screaming and yelling and holding your hand? Going, <laughs> no. Oh, no, we're going to die. No, of course not. We're like, oh, that was an earthquake. I said, let's just see what happens. And we look out the window, and the whole hotel has run out onto the street. The maids are out there, the bellhops, and like, everyone's freaking out. You know, we see the whole street filled with people. And we're like, yeah, well, let's just sit here for a second, you know. And we're sitting, and there's nothing happening. I was like, okay, well, let's go downstairs and see what uh, what people are, are are saying. And I had the computer there on the on the hotel uh, internet webs, and uh, so uh, yeah, I hadn't actually looked at my cell phone. And, uh, and then I see that, you know, wow, this thing is uh, as far north as Toronto and be- people in New York. And I'm like, this is pretty interesting. So we yeah, go downstairs. that's the interesting part. Yeah, we go downstairs. And by the way, another shallow one, very shallow earthquake on the well-known Virginia Culpeper fault line, which, of course, is not known at all. There never has been a fault line there, to our there's knowledge. Now. Well, they say it'll take months, months, if not years, to figure out exactly where, what, how. Sure. Well, they'll have it in a matter of days. Yeah. And uh, so everyone's outside. And then, you know, we, so, okay, so we wait. Oh, by the way, we took the elevator down, please. And I uh, said, so, okay, this is boring. But, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to call Christina just to let her know because 
everyone's freaking out. And the television is just like, you know, they're doing live shots everywhere. And it's like, oh, oh it's, it's pandemonium. Eh? And like, this is really not all that bad. And it's not <laughs> my, like my favorite one. I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching Bloomberg comes on. He decides to do a press conference to announce that nothing happened. <laughs> Hold on a second. We have breaking news now. Absolutely nothing has happened. Thank you so much for paying attention. I'm Mayor Bloomberg. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then they evacuated the Pentagon. And by the way, generally speaking, you don't run out into the streets, especially in a big city, if there's an earthquake, unless you want to be crushed right. by falling debris. But that's okay. You could let them yeah, all run out of the street. Yeah, everyone's so well trained. So then, and of course, the city is kind of empty because it's, you know, the douchebags are all out of town. And, uh, but what's interesting is that, uh, you know, we can't make a, a phone call, but not because the circuits are jammed. There is no signal. There's no AT&T, and I have three phones with me. There's no Verizon, and there's no T-Mobile, and literally no signal, which is different from the phones are, you know, jammed. There was just, you know, you, you look at your little antenna indicator, no signal. So I'm thinking about this. I'm like, oh, hold on. Let me put all of these pieces together. We've got a very, uh, we've got moisture falling out of the sky. We've got a very strange earthquake. And, of course, at this point, I hear about the one in Colorado. Now, if you look at the locations of both of these uh extremely rare earthquakes, they are both located at highly sensitive military uh, points. The one in Colorado and the one in Virginia. This is, you know, this is where all the spooks are. This is where the shadow government is in, in Colorado. And then the the depth of it being, you know, very, very shallow. The And then I'm thinking this thing went up and down. And I have to say, and you can't argue the fact that uh, Secretary of Defense William Cohen has said that in uh, in testimony that there are such um, machines that uh, can, cur- can cause natural disasters. I am really convinced of this one, that this was a, um, a, a mechanism that, cr- that created the, the earth to shake, as in uh, earthquake machine. And I'll tell you why. Because you were actually right. On the previous show, when I was talking about Syria, you were saying, dude, the the paper is filled with Libya, 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 Libya. And of course, what we witnessed over the past three, four days was the largest PSYOPs disinformation campaign ever that I have seen in my my entire broadcast career about this so-called overthrow of Libya, which I'd like to talk to you about. And I'm looking at this, I'm saying, well, so what if we have, what if this really is the the war by proxy with China, which we're pretty convinced that's what Libya is all about, is kicking the Chinese out, because, you know, this is all our stuff, not the Chinese. So we start to fool everybody into thinking that Gaddafi is out and the rebels have won, and in other words, we're just capturing this country. The Chinese go, oh, really? I don't think so. And they give it a little zap, Boulder. They give it another little zap, Virginia. And, of course, we retaliated in Peru at their copper mines. Did you catch this? A six point, was it 6.7 earthquake? This is turning into a pretty good uh, novel. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, this is a fractal. We've seen this before with these earthquakes. Call it coincidence, but to have an earthquake in Colorado 
in Virginia. Hasn't happened in 100 years. I witnessed this thing. And, by the way, the radio signals went off. You're not going to tell me that, oh, they all came unplugged. Was it the cell towers? Ooh, I'm sorry. We lost, no one lost power except for the nuclear plant, so they say. But everything else was running as normal. So maybe some form of EMP, directed energy weapon. I don't know what it is, HARP, whatever it is. Something above, above a normal earthquake happened because I've witnessed a few. Well, the uh, report that you have about the lack of cell phone signals uh belies the mainstream media's report that, oh, everybody got on their phone. I, I do believe everyone did get on their phone and they, of course they couldn't get out, which would be exaggerated if nobody, not one person could make a call. Uh, then that would be what they'd report. You know, I couldn't get on. I couldn't get off. And, and very few people look at their their, at their, their bars. The, Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing, right? And, I'm you, had, and you did have, un, unlike most people in the area, I uh, had three systems yep. with you yep. for the purposes of doing the show. So you got to check all three, which is unusual. And I rebooted them all just to make sure that it wasn't some kind of weird disruption. It would not come up. In fact, the T-Mobile was the last one to come back online, and it took them until about 4 o'clock. Uh, AT&T was up pretty quick again. But it was it was not just overloaded circuits, which, by the way, hey, screw that. This town was empty. You know, you guys should be able to handle that. That, that, yeah, they that. used to be able to do it with landlines. I mean, the thing, you know, I'm reminded of the Japanese uh, tsunami quake where you had uh, the only people that were getting out, any information out of the country were on landlines. Long live the landline. Yeah, no, the landlines worked. Now, John, uh, Libya, I've been studying this, and, uh, I mean, there's, there's, let me see, I have like 20 different links in the show notes that people can go peruse at their... I love this Libyan thing. Now, I, <sighs> let me give you a couple of things I noticed. Right, okay. right away. First of all, hats, I was watching, hats. Let's talk hats. Come on. Oh, the hat was great. <laughs> but anyway, so I saw. Uh, I was watching. Somebody sent us some links that gave us a direct connection to Sky, mm-hmm. and uh, Al Jazeera has a feed. Right. So I'm watching Sky, and then I start immediately noticing that they're looping all the all the videos, all the B roll. Yeah, there's three or four specific loops. There's one where the guy's standing on top of the statue, another guy kicking the the, the head of a Gaddafi mask. Before you go any further, right here is where I I was I was looking at this Google for the Gaddafi uh, uh, sculpture, the one where the the fist holds the jet. Yeah, uh, how many of these did he have made? Because I found five different ones in pictures. One's gold, one's bronze, one's huge, one's in a whole different place. Yeah, it's like the huge one is the is the is the cool one. Yeah, but when you see these these guys, they're like standing next to it. They're as tall as that thing. It's like someone created the Spinal Tap Stonehenge version. Oh man, we didn't get the measurements right for the studio. <laughs> I know it's really small. Yeah, and uh, I know I I found that pe- peculiar when I first saw it too. And the guy's standing on top. But anyway, the B-roll was always <coughs> the same thing, and it was over and over and over again. They kept promoting it as live. And so I switched to Al Jazeera. They have the exact same B-roll. In uh-huh. fact, they took some screenshots of it. They're the same exact the guy kicking the mask, mm-hmm. the guy standing on top, and then they have this one scene where that shows these guys leaving from out of town, and the guy with the blue T-shirt comes on and, and gives a peace sign. And that I saw over and over and over again. The, the problem, and, the, and, the, and then the one that both sides, first the... Uh, uh, Sky had it, and then the Al Jazeera had it, where a guy holds up a Gaddafi photo and tears it. Yep. 
in half, and then they show that again and again and again. And uh, so, and I don't even know, you know, somebody said, well, it's probably just some freelancer who took all this footage and he sold it to everybody, which is possible. But, you know, that was some of the best footage. And why it, the whole thing just seems well, so, staged. So, so here's what I noticed. Staged yes. and more staged oh. and so staged it was ridiculous. Beyond. Now, let, me get, well, let me throw one more in yeah. that really bugged me. Please. They show these guys, oh, here are the guys, the rebels. And they show these guys running around shooting aimlessly. <laughs> and they, what, my favorite is the guys running, got shooting. Yeah. <laughs> They're just shooting aimlessly. Boom, 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 I know. And it's like, and the guy's running along shooting and shooting, and there's nobody, there's, they're not shooting at anybody. We haven't seen one dead soldier. Now, worse than that, none of the star anchors are there. None of, none of the, none of the big guys. It's all these people you've never heard of before, and they all stand there and just say, here's what happened, here's what, they don't have any video of anything. Apparently, video cameras don't work anymore. Because, you know, you and I, we really, what the hell? You and I, we really, you know, we look at television differently than most people because we know how it's made. I mean, I've done fake satellite interviews with Janet Jackson. Uh, I've done, you know, edits that, you know, just impossible things. And, and I, in fact, the BBC showed what they called Green Square. Green, look at all these people, and it was like throngs of people yeah, in Green, Green Square, Square holding up Indian flags. Indian, you know, the, the, the new Libyan flag looks very similar to the Indian flag. And you can see the little circle in the middle, which is the Indian flag. They're showing video footage of somewhere in India and saying that's Green Square in Libya. This is it, it's un, and now could it be an honest mistake from some idiot producer? Yeah, possibly. But then, and this is all over the uh, uh, Arabian television channels, of course, Libyan state TV as well, which you know you have to question everything. Uh, but the claim is that uh, Al Jazeera, who of course we know are MI6 outfit, you know, they're and they're funded by uh, the the Sultan of Qatar or whatever the, the whatever the guy's Cutter. name Cutter Cutter that they built a replica of Green Square in Doha. And and when you look at all the freeze frames, there are some differences in this, like, uh, what is it, the Freedom Gate or Freedom Arch, whatever it's called. There are real differences between the ones that, you know, from picture historic pictorial evidence and what they were showing. And by the way, nicely lit. Did you see the lights on that thing? They've got trusses, they've got very lights, they've got robo cams. It's like, it's, this thing is a setup. It is the biggest disinformation psyops campaign I have ever seen in my life. This is wag the dog, real wag the doll dog stuff. And everything is bull crap. Everything. And if, you know, I got two, um, two clips. Here's, um, here's one guy. Uh, let me see. What's his name? Is this uh, Jeremy Scahill? I think this might be the guy. He uh, He's in Libya. He kind of lays it out. Hold on. Remember that uh, the situation in Libya is very different than a lot of the other revolts or revolutions we've seen with the Arab Spring. Um, this was really NATO-enforced regime change. If uh, this is uh, on Morning Joe. This is uh, the guy from uh, The Nation or something like that. He, he's actually laying it out, and then I'll get to the, uh, the Libyan guy. If you, if you uh, want to be honest about it, pummeling Libya with, uh, with missiles for months um, and really sort of dramatically going off to the races with a fairly...
fairly narrowly focused UN Security Council resolution, and we know very little about the rebels that we're supporting. Um, it's a sort of mixture of uh, very wealthy former regime people, Islamists, and you know tribal players, and they they're you know true to form. They I love how he even laughs. He's like the guy knows what's going. Like this is crazy. Come out and they start talking about how they're going to open it up for Western oil interests, which you know a lot of people were being sort of pushed aside when they were talking about the oil interest in Libya at the beginning of this as sort of leftist or anti-war people that will never you know, reconcile it with anything that the president does. On the other hand, if you look at the New York Times yesterday, there's a huge piece about how the, the, uh, the people that the United States has backed in Libya are going to push the oil contracts toward the West and away from uh, you know, China and Brazil, China. who were taking a very uh, opposition in opposition to what the U.S. was doing. Um, the criticism of the president, though, that he didn't act fast enough, I would sort of go at it from a different angle and say that he's, he's sort of implementing the Bush domino agenda in the Middle East. And, um, and I think that those people that are criticizing him and saying that he didn't do enough uh, haven't been studying covert U.S. policy. That this president is widely using the CIA, the elite Joint Special Operations Command. There was just a massive airstrike in Yemen this morning where upwards of 30 people were killed. I mean, we've, we've got six, seven wars going at the same time. So, you know, I, I, I think that, that criticism is ill-founded. Um, if anything, I think we should be what we should be questioning if this is the sort of policy the U.S. wants to move forward with, forced regime change. I don't care that Muammar Gaddafi's gone. I mean, I'm, I think most of the world's happy to see the guy gone. The issue for me as an American is how does this comport with our values or sense of, of international law and order when we can force regime change, even if it's against someone we despise? That's that's a very slippery slope that under Bush would have, I think, had a lot more pushback. Governor Dean, you so said before yesterday. I, um, before I get to the Libyan guy, let's just take a look at a couple of things that happened in the past few days. We had the uh, uh, the director general of the International Criminal Court come out and say, and it's published in the Telegraph, uh, the London Telegraph, say, we have Gaddafi's son. He says, we've got him. And then, of course, Gaddafi's son uh, goes out in the middle of the night. You know, by the way, right there in uh, in the compound, he's driving around. There's video footage of it. He's like, yeah, yeah he's got no vest on, you know, no right, helmet. he's just hanging out. Yeah, I'm just, hey, hey guys, how you doing? And, uh, and then, of course, the back, well... Well, you know, uh, the rebels said they had him. And uh, but so for the International Criminal Court, which is supposed to do things by fact and rule of law, duh, uh, lied as a part of this campaign, which I believe, John, you caught it, was set up weeks in advance to be on this weekend. That's why the New York Times was filled with all the Libya stuff. And, uh, and Lucifer Hillary Clinton, on her own little agenda, was moving Syria ahead. She's jumping the gun a bit because that's what's supposed to come next. Civilians do die in war, don't they? That's a sad, tragic fact. And um, you're not saying that was a deliberate target, those civilians, are you? There is, a, there is a clear program of state terror. This is the business which NATO is involved in, in, in Libya, in Afghanistan, and anywhere else it operates. It's state terrorism, pure and simple. So what then, the future? You mentioned Afghanistan and indeed the future of Libya. Could you compare the two? And with Iraq, for example, are the same mistakes going to be made? <laughs> These are not mistakes. These are deliberate policies. These are deliberate <laughs> strategies on past of Western governments. And the rest of the world, especially the Arab world, would do well to recognize um, NATO for what it is. After Libya, Syria is next, Hezbollah and Lebanon next, and Palestine is coming up. That is why the Americans brokered a, a peace between the Palestinians um, and Israel through Egypt, because the last thing the West wants is this whole conflict to be focused on the real common enemies of the Arabs, which is the state of Israel and the Western governments backing it. So are you saying that the West really wants to see the, the political turmoil, the violence that we've seen in Afghanistan and Iraq happening in Libya? And indeed, will that happen, do you think? 
Well, what's been clear in the last few days, and it's been admitted by the Daily Telegraph, that yesterday was planned all along for weeks by the NATO forces. So yes, they want to wrap up Libya, wrap it up nicely to present it as a, as a successful test case to then roll on Syria. So it's all dependent on whether Gaddafi and his people can resist NATO here. Because if they can resist NATO in, in Libya, they won't be coming for Syria. And Gaddafi himself said in a speech just under a month ago that his resistance against NATO is defending Syria and Iran as well. You talk of Gaddafi, what a fate awaits him? And indeed, who should determine that fate? This, this, is, this has been such, I mean, the, the gross illegality of what's gone on in relation to Libya by NATO is unbelievable. Already the, 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 the Libyan guy at the United Nations, Mr. Shalgum, has, has basically admitted in Arab press that he fooled people. And this, this whole thing has been an illegal you know, affair, an operation, protecting civilians, rubbish. So if you and I put some pictures uh, in the show notes at three 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 dot nashownotes.com under uh, rebel picks. Now here's what you have to look at. Now is cafe? Do they have a cafe press outlet in uh, in Libya? Because they cranking out t-shirts, the t-shirts, t-shirts hats. Uh, yeah. These guys have like extra flags in their belts. We, we had also there's another observation which you saw in last night's news is that I guess when you get the kit to take over the place, <laughs> yeah. they give you a bunch of fireworks. Yeah, fireworks. Yeah, exactly. So where did the fireworks come from? We're celebrating with fireworks. Yeah, and so they got fireworks. But now you got to look at uh, the guys stomping. Even in World War Two, we weren't shooting fireworks. <laughs> the guys stomping on the on the Gaddafi's head, like the gold head, whatever it is. Yeah. They have perfectly clean cuffed jeans. Now, if you're in a war zone in the desert. Well, I, saw, I saw a clip. I saw a clip. I swear to God, there was one of these guys that was actually there, some unknown reporter from uh, Sky. Yeah. And behind him were two obvious Europeans. Yeah. They looked like Germans to me. They were pale. Yeah. And they had like really nice looking weapons. And, and they were Honkies. They weren't wearing any jackets or anything, and they were pointing this out and pointing that out like two directors during a movie set. Yeah, it's exactly, this whole thing is a movie set. And by the way, where's all the people running out of their homes and you're like, yeah, 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 we're all on board with this. Everyone's indoors. They're hiding from this crap. And, and, and what happened is NATO came in, they bombed the crap out of everything all the way to the compound, which by yeah, the way. This was a no fly zone, by the yeah, way. They're bombing yeah, of course. everything. Yeah, no fly zone. Resolution 1973. Go ahead and bomb. And, uh, the Dutch. Like crazy. The Dutch, uh, mainstream press, uh, had pictures from inside Gaddafi's, uh, compound. And it's like, oh, look, he has a whole picture book of Condoleezza Rice. He must have been horny for Condoleezza Rice. I didn't get that one. Oh, yeah. And then they had, it's like Michael Jackson's Neverland in there. You know, and they show, you know, it's like, it's a nice house. It's, you know, it's all right. You know, nice pool. But, you know, it's nothing like Saddam Hussein's palace. But, like, it literally saying it looked like Neverland. And, of course, in 19, I think, 86, when uh, when the U.S. bombed uh, uh, bombed Libya, uh, they killed Gaddafi's uh, infant daughter, and so he has a room uh, that was her room, and he has it all ensconced in plastic and you know, her crib and stuff like that. And they're calling this crazy. This guy is nuts, <laughs> dude. You know, think about it for a second. You might do that kind of thing as a reminder of what horrible things happen to you, and uh, it's it's just it's unbelievable. This thing, it is a movie set. Half of it's a movie set. The other half is just B-roll of stuff. And if you haven't seen Wag the Dog, go look at it. Because it's like to the T. 
It it is the exact. They just they pulled it out. And said, hey, I got a good idea. Let's run this script again. We can do a remake of this. this is yeah, beautiful. who's gonna care? So well, you're talking about them trying to defame him on behind his back after being his best friend. Yeah, and we can just assume that he was a character, but we don't know him. Well, by but, the by, but, the, we have before you do that. Just to just to prove that we have a tweet from John McCain, 2009, where he says. Late evening with Colonel Gaddafi at his ranch in Libya. Interesting meeting with an interesting man. Is the same guy who wrote the rules to go and kill him. 2009, <laughs> not that long ago. Thank you. All right, clip. So, so you, like you said, they're, they're going in and saying he's a weirdo because he's got a, a shrine to his dead daughter and all the rest of it. Let's, let's go one step further and make him a pervert. Play that Gaddafi is a pervert goes if he is in libya itself it won't be long before they get him but wherever he goes uh, wouldn't the rebel government uh, the government that takes over in libya eventually demand that he brought be brought back say for trial absolutely but say for example he goes to venezuela right that's an interesting prospect already hugo chavez says he only recognizes one genuine libyan government which is the government of Muammar Gaddafi. Well, if he goes to Venezuela and Chavez is around, Chavez survives his cancer, his power is intact, he can remain in Venezuela. And by the way, this may, may sound frivolous, but it's probably not so far off. In Venezuela, perhaps they could, make, they could put him in charge of beauty pageants because we know these are the kinds of things that Gaddafi is interested in. You know, he traveled everywhere, as WikiLeaks documents told us, with his four voluptuous, quote-unquote voluptuous Ukrainian nurses. He's a pervert, and I think, again, you know, this, he will come to a bad end, but there may be one rotten government or another in the world that would have him. I'm going to ask just a general question of you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do an Ask Adam All without, right. the, without jingle. the jingle. Yeah. yeah. How does hanging out with four hot Ukrainian model babes make you a pervert? <laughs> Can you explain that to me? Because I, I, I would like to know. Because By the if way, I saw, you know, these Ukrainian models are like unbelievable. But now yeah. you're a pervert if you like a woman. Yeah, and not only that, but one of these uh, one of these chicks took a bullet for him once. I mean, they're hardcore. The, do not mess with Libyan women. That's a known fact. No, about this is Libyan Ukrainian. Women. Ukrainian. Oh well, don't mess with them either. But yeah, no, of course you're not a pervert. That's bull crap. They, you know, it started with the whole. The Gaddafi's making his soldiers, you know, giving him Viagra to rape people. <laughs> that was people. a beauty. They sure dropped that one. Oh yeah, that one didn't go to over that too story, well. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. where's the where's the Viagra story? How come they don't find mounds of? Wait, still to come. I guarantee you, you can wait for it. Mounds of Viagra found in Gaddafi's uh, compound. Why? Wow, you can just wait for it. Now this thing is it is a, such a setup, and we know that this was the plan. And they're just executing this plan, and 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 we're watching Kim Kardashian's wedding. What the hell is going on? This is so wrong. <laughs> planned, by the way, perfectly planned. Let's see, Kim, can you get married on this weekend? We have a little thing going on. That would be perfect if you could do that. That would be just yeah, that would nice. distract anyone who might even remotely be interested. Why don't you play the second half of the pervert thing just to wrap up? Because I want to mention who this guy is. This is the guy at the Hoover Institute is on all the time. His name is Faruda Jami. And you've seen him a million times. He's he's, got, he's a Arab-looking character with a white beard, and he's a very he's on the talk shows. He comes out of the Hoover Institute to uh, to throw you know to do his thing for on behalf of someone or other. And he wraps this up, I think, a little bit with the uh, with this clip. 
But he has been effectively silenced. And you expect I think, that to remain so? I think he's done. I really think he's done. And calling his people rats while he himself is making a run for rats. it. Rats! Cursing his people, wishing them all kinds of evil and all kinds of hell. It tells you what this man is about. And it tells you what the poor population of Libya, their luck that they drew this monster in 1969, the first year of the Nixon presidency, by the way, is when he came to power, and they've endured him far too long. Yeah, this is unbelievable. If, if he was such a rat and such a horrible man, why is John McCain sucking him off in his tent there in 2009? Why is Tony Blair sitting in his tent? Why is everybody going over there? It, it, it was all great until, actually, you know the AFRICOM, US, the, the AFRICOM... Uh, uh, yeah, the is, thing that it broke up, but yeah. Right. The, the idea to make a government, uh, the EU of Africa. Right. 49 countries signed on except for one. Guess which one? Exactly. Libya. No, 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 no. No. This is, this is, and we're just being led to, you know what? I got to tell you, John, I, being in D.C., and it's it's so sad because my uh, my cousin Lucy, uh, I'll give you an idea of where she is in the elitist chain. Uh, she's now divorced, but she is Lucy Buckley. Okay, does that give you any clue? Yeah. As in married to Christopher Buckley, as in son of William F. Buckley. And, you know, so, you know, we go over to her house, and uh, she's, I mean, Washington, D.C. is beautiful if you don't step outside the boundary where all the, where the ghettos are, which basically surrounds that, that, that piece in the middle. Yeah. And... And, you know, she she really she can't process it, you know, because I lay a little bit of no agenda smack on her. She can't process it. It's it, it, the, these people believe it. They read something in the in the New York Times or the Washington Post or written by one of their you know buddies who's an asset of, uh, of intelligence. And they 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 just it's like that's the truth. She says to me, you really should go to the museum, which, by the way, I wanted to do. But, of course, traffic got really messed up. Um, and I said to her, oh, museum, you mean that thing that uh, is uh, sponsored by, uh, you know, George Clooney's dad is running that, the former CIA asset. You know, boing, her head starts spinning around, her eyes start popping out. You really should see this because, you know, it shows all the brave journalists who have, uh, you know, been <laughs> in all these jerk. war zones. I said, what? How about the people who are getting killed everywhere? Ah, it's just, it's hopeless. It is absolutely hopeless. They will, ne- the elites, they totally buy into all this crap. Well, they it's have to. Your, for one thing, it makes your life a lot easier. This is really one of the subtexts of the of the movie The Matrix. Yes. When, they, you know, he's red given the opportunity. Red, red pill, blue just, pill, yeah. You could stay and, you know, be the big dummy that you've always been, and, and it's not going to make any difference, and you won't care. You'll have a great time. Or you can like find out what's really going on. I mean, that's really the only thing about the Matrix that was interesting was this, the dichotomy, which I, you know, our listeners obviously are, are kind yeah. of leaning in the other direction. Which and, <laughs> and whether kinda. whether it makes them any better <laughs> in in day to day life, I don't know. I think it, it's I think it's more fun to be yeah, honest about I it. I agree. I sit around with the family; they all buy in the. But I'd say about more than half of the no agenda smack, yeah. as you like to call it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, and we watch when we watch the news or watch anything, we laugh and hoot. Yeah, it is hilarious to watch. We were watching. I was with Budskill Junior this morning <laughs> watching the Today Show, and they had a bunch of bull crap about about how students could fix up their little dorm rooms for less than $300. And then they, they showed these dorm rooms that looked exactly like prison cells. And J.C. points out that all the furniture made in Washington State and most of the country, furniture for dorm rooms in the universities, are all made by prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's yeah. like no it, it, it so we were sitting around uh, and Lucy's son Connor who is a beautiful genius of a kid he's going to Tufts of course and his friends come over you know one's at Princeton one's at Tufts you know these are all the top top schools and this one girl she's like yeah, you know, I've uh, and they, they actually they're very aware of how bad DC is and the school system. I think is the worst in the nation, and it's, you know the whole place is falling apart outside of this ring of this protected ring of fire. Yeah, the green zone. Yeah, the green zone, <laughs> exactly. And uh, and she's saying like, well, you know, over the summer I worked with uh, you know I taught kids um, creative journalistic writing and like you know I go like oh really and so tell me about it. Said, well yeah and so what'd you teach them well. I don't know. I really didn't know what I was doing. Like, <laughs> great, <laughs> very sweet. You know, they can't help it. But those kids, they're lost. They, forget about it. They will not make it through the revolution. There's just no way in, in, unless they start to to grok something. But that place is so protected. They they unveiled the. Uh, it was so funny. They unveiled after like 25 years the statue of Martin Luther King Jr. made by a Chinese guy, by the way. And have you seen this thing? It's gorgeous. But he looks like Jay Z. Yeah, he looks I like. Know, he's like I like he, him coming out of the rock. Yeah, but he looks angry. He looks angry. Oh, I actually haven't seen it. Uh, his oh, face. I'm just. I was oh no, at no. He looks angry. You, you, he's, his arms are folded like he's almost throwing a gang sign. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like really. That's what we. After 25 years, no, that's what I he gets. That's funny. Oh yeah. Of course. Did you get to see it live? Yeah, of course. You know, we, that was we saw that we saw the Lincoln Memorial. Um, before or at, you saw it, did before, you see that the, was that was all before, all before, before the before the quake. Yeah, because all the stuff's cracked now. Nah, bull crap. None of it's cracked. They say that's what yeah, they saw. I like, saw it in the news. The news doesn't lie. Yeah, the Washington Monument is leaning. It's falling over. That, the reflection pool is empty. How lame is that? It's drained. It's been empty. Oh, is it, you mean drained? Yeah, it's there's drained. no water. There's in no it? water in it. Oh, they had to take the water because of the, the quake. The they didn't want it leaking yeah, out. They didn't want it splashing on their flowers. <laughs> or whatever. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's stupid. Yeah, and it was. It's like a big pit, like a big construction pit. I don't know what's going on. So, uh, one final clip, which is just to show you the hubris of the military-industrial complex. Uh, did you know that the Libyan rebels were using drones? That they had their own drones. Were you no, aware? I did not know that. Oh, yeah. Well, the company that makes the drones, the Aryan Scout unmanned aerial vehicle used by the Libyan rebels has put out their own little PR video to celebrate the fact with cool music. While NATO countries fly UAVs high above Libya, none of these UAVs or the vital intelligence they provide was available to the rebels until now. Until now. The rebels have been using the... By the way, horrible voiceover. Dudes, next time call me. You know, this is like... It hasn't been available to the rebels until now. That's how you got to do it, not this wimpy-ass thing. Arion Scout Micro UAV to acquire intelligence on enemy positions and to coordinate their resistance efforts. The Arion Scout is a small, easy-to-fly, man-packable flying robotic reconnaissance system designed for operation in real-world harsh conditions. With only a day and a half of training flights, the rebels put the Scout into service on the front line. With its vertical takeoff and landing ability, the Scout can be deployed in tight quarters and hover and stare at its target. Weighing just three pounds, soldiers are able to pack the system into a suitcase or a backpack and then deploy in seconds. Instead of using joysticks, the Scout uses a map-based touchscreen interface that allows new users to pilot the system in just minutes. Where was the guy with the iPad flying that thing and all the B-roll? Where was that? This is You should see this thing, by the way. 
it can it can do tracking, lock on the targets. It uh, can carry little payloads. It can shoot an arrow at you or whatever. And the Libyan rebels were using this. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Now, just to wrap it up on this, is that uh, the same rebels that were running past the building with an AK forty seven shooting aimlessly? Yeah. The ones the ones wearing the rock ports. I like those guys. Yeah, I love the, I love the guy with the AK forty seven with the no the grenade launcher with the sandals. That was another good one. These are all these are great pictures. You got to see them. And once oh, you, I got it. once you get so, through it, you just laugh laughable. I, I want to add to your uh, you know the, we we have the uh, mention that the New York Times had promoted the uh, Libyan thing this last week, but the, this week it's the, just to add to your theory of a week ago. I want to point out today's New York Times has a couple of interesting pieces. Uh, one, by the way, which we'll talk about maybe after the break, but on page A14, which seems to be, which is part of the inside, uh, the, the little thing that comes out, if you take the middle of the front section out, that's always got the coded stuff. There's the handover picture. It's handover? A photo, handover it's a, of what? You'll see, when I explain this picture, <laughs> on, you'll see what I'm handover. talking about. It's a huge picture. It's the biggest picture on the page of Gaddafi doing a brother, you know, one of those shakes, a black uh, soul shake where you're not grabbing, but your hands are up in the air. You're with Assad. Oh, of course. So he's got a big picture says Colonel Muammar Gaddafi and President Assad in 2008, one is now on the run, the other fighting for power. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's, it's a handover. It's a symbolic photo to let us know that, okay, we can take our attention off of this and let's put it on this other idiot. Which, of course, is the entire plan. And boots on the ground are coming. We have uh, Richard Haas of the Council on Foreign Relations ap- actually calling for uh, boots on the ground. Because um, here it is. Uh, the Financial Times had an editorial written by uh, uh, Council on Foreign Relations President Richard Haas titled, Libya now needs boots on the ground. Well, I guess that would be clear is what's going to happen. So, of course, we need a peacekeeping force to be in there to help the rebels. And, of course, both the United States and the EU are now uh, trying to shore up between one and one and a half billion dollars for these guys, for a bunch of guys with a website, please, how insulting is that? <laughs> and, well, we've uh, seen that model before. Yeah, of course. And, and, uh, but even the Times reported that you know, the oil is now being divvied up. And let's not underestimate the water, by the way. What Gaddafi built there, that, uh, that whole uh, man-made river, with, uh, I mean, water is very important in uh, places like, I don't know, the desert. Um, and that's a that's a huge resource, which is why it hasn't been blown up, because, you know, it's kind of like handy to have. We have uh, the SAS, uh, according to uh, the Minister of Defense in Gitmo Nation East. British Special Forces are on the ground in Libya, helping to uh, spearhead the hunt for Gaddafi. <sighs> so, you know, this this thing was uh, beautifully executed. Uh, done while, of course, our president is playing golf. That's how we do it because we can't. So have I that. think that's code now. Yeah, when he's when he's out on vacation or playing golf, of course it is. Yeah, of course. So so he goes on vacation. That's the signal. Yep. that something's going to happen. Yep. You can sell your stocks or do what you have. Figure <laughs> so, out what to do. Buy oil or whatever, or sell do, whatever. It whatever. Is. We whatever. don't know what we to don't do. Know what if we knew what dumb. to do, we'd, we'd do be it. rich. Yeah, we're dumb. We're dumb. <laughs> but we do know there's a code here. <laughs> yeah, we just don't know what it means. That's the problem we've got. Uh, by the way, before we get to our uh, to thanking some of our producers, remember the uh, the 
you didn't really like it that much. But remember the Washington Insider, the this is the uh, the I mean the White House Insider who was uh, talking to this one guy who has a blog about everything that's going on in. Uh, he apparently was part of the the Demo- He he's part of the Democratic uh, uh, Party and the National Committee, whatever it is. To uh, you know, they they basically run whoever their candidate is. And that all these people are so angry about Obama and that, you know, the whole Chicago mafia came in. And uh, remember that we were reading from that? Does that ring any bells for you? No, I'm brain dead when it comes to remembering anything past two shows ago. Well, anyway, he's that's why I keep the red book. Right. Well, he's come out with another uh, another interview. This time, uh, Ulsterman is the guy sat down with uh, the insider face to face. And he and I just want to read a little bit of this this article. You have to read it because I really believe this, this sounds so true. That Obama is so removed from everything. Oh yeah, he sits upstairs on the second floor in his in a room next to Valerie Jarrett's room because, of course, Daly, who we hear nothing about, is running the show. And of course, the Chicago mob is downstairs running everything. He sits upstairs with his flip flops on, with you know, in a big couch, a big couch, you know, like a recliner chair. With his flip flops, his, his you know his leg is hanging over the. Here it is. There's a lot. Um, when he's in his de facto office upstairs, the one that is closer to Jared's own office, and a short hop over to the residence, he spends his time where they're often in shorts or sweats, a T-shirt, and those sandal things, flip-flops. There's a large screen TV in there, and that's where hours of his time are spent when he's actually in the White House day in, day out. The First Lady rules the residence, and the President heads over to his second-floor West Wing study. Starting around last spring, he started taking regular briefings in there, and the instructions that went out on those briefings to the President were they were supposed to be brief. Anything more than 15 minutes is unacceptable. So, and then he just goes on how, you know, he's watching sports, he's reading uh, anything that has him in it, like People Magazine or Rolling Stone. Uh, that That's what he's reading. The guy is completely removed from everything. And, by the way, the whole office thinks of smoke because he never quit smoking, according to the insider. Um, he has one of those smokeless ashtrays on the desk. I mean, it, this sounds so good that you have to, if this is made up, bravo. But wow. Uh, and I. Well, it makes some sense to me because I'm convinced that this, especially like somebody mentioned, and you mentioned earlier, you quoted somebody saying, if Bush was still the president, there would have been some pushback on all these schemes. Yeah. Because he was actually involved. I get the sense that Obama doesn't have, at this point, he's given up, he's in over his head, and they just tell him what to do. There's some more from this article. You're looking at the president, this skinny guy who's ignoring you, who's dressed like some kind of effing frat boy wannabe. Um, they actually, they had, here it is. Um, president might acknowledge you on some days, give you a little nod, maybe to thank you, but most often he just continues to look at the TV, bounce the foot up and down on his chair, his skin looking off, looking off color, pale, eyes out of focus, hair a hell of a lot more gray than is shown in public. The wrinkles around the mouth are far deeper, and the hands, his effing hands are so, well, they're just little stick digits. They're like these long-fingered woman hands, and his wrists, you could wrap your own fingers all the way around those wrists. And it talks about in the 2008 campaign, they were padding his jackets. And actually, if you look at this, they are padding his jackets. The guy, he looks like, um, who's the guy from uh, Public Enemy who has uh, Flavor Flav? 
If that's what yeah, he's the oversized jacket. Yeah, well, yeah, but he, no, I mean he's so skinny and scrawny, but they make right. but they make him look really beefed up. Well, with, that with makes pads. me wonder now about the one shot, and there was never a bunch of shots of, that I recall, unless somebody can point them out to me. It's possible, but I remember the one shot when he was running for president during this little era where all these hot shots had to be naked uh, for the women, and he what? was on the beach. What? Wait, 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 wait. What? I missed this. They had what's his name Putin's walking around with his oh, chest out, and, right, and then right, Obama's right, right. running down the beach in a pair of you know in a mankini with his you know he looks like he's been <laughs> pumping iron for the last three years. That was the other Obama, the pumped up one. <laughs> so I mean, so I'm thinking that that may be photoshopped. Oh yeah, no oh, yeah, this there is it's red pill time totally, and uh, and I and I am kind of happy to hear that you're on board with me because I thought that I was a little. Overboard, but on what everything put this all together the Libyan psyops getting China out, and then these earthquakes in the two most sensitive areas of the United States intelligence, and then of course the retaliation in Peru where China owns the copper mines. Yeah, no, it's 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 a funny scenario. Like I said, it'd make a good novel. So, uh, but we'll see how where this ends up. I, I do know that. Uh, uh, it's obvious. It's the whole situation is out of control. We're just in the process of of, of being the empire we are, you know, uh, and manipulating NATO to do all this. This I don't know. We're still costing us. We have a clip actually about how much this thing is costing. There was one wrap up clip I had. Let me uh, cost to the taxpayer for the war this far. That would be the yeah. Why don't you play that clip and just so we know that this is not a free 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 ride. Although it's clear that Gaddafi's rule is over. He oh, yeah. still has the opportunity to reduce further bloodshed by explicitly relinquishing power to the people of Libya. A senior Obama administration official says Gaddafi is a head of state who's now in charge of nothing. Gaddafi <laughs> units are still fighting, but the space in which they are able to operate is shrinking dramatically. Space? The cost to U.S. taxpayers for the operation in Libya is estimated to be $896 million. Oh, no, it's more point. than that. No, no, th- no. By the, we read the documents. They expect it to be two point three billion by the time all is said and done. Yeah, it's more than that. This is this is old. This is an old. Clip. And by the way, we're watching these guys on these on these on these loops. These idiots that are just shooting these cannons off the back of pickup trucks. <laughs> boom, 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 right into nothing. And don't they look like Mad Max set pieces? <laughs> totally. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> you can't, I mean, what, what? How do they? What does it take to throw a hand grenade under one of those trucks and take care of it? It is so, Ma- it's Mad Max. It's Wag the Dog. It's I want to know who the producer is. It's got to be Tom Hanks or Spielberg so, so we, or someone like so that. So I'm watching these guys, and they're showing them running down the street, shooting aimlessly at some building. <laughs> With another and, guy videotaping it. And everything. They, those bullets. Are, these guys are shooting some big shells. These are like a buck. 50 caliber. Of, 50 caliber. These things aren't cheap. No. And this is your money, your yeah. taxpayer money. Yeah. And each one of those, <laughs> boom, boom. And then these idiots are shooting them in the air. I mean... Talk about now. If you're in a war and you're you, you don't just waste all your ammunition <laughs> no. by going nuts and shooting all your bullets in the air. No, that's what the fireworks are for. Jeez, I mean this is <laughs> I mean this is so ludicrous. <laughs> I know, I, but I love it when they're running down the street. The camera's perfect angle, and then the guy's just like running and he's shooting sideways. You know, like <laughs> like there's a guy across the street. Like it's please. like it's a, like they got it from a they saw it in a movie. movie. Yeah, of course. 
Yeah. <laughs> like this is how we do it. I'm look. I'm waiting for the guy with the Glock holding it sideways. You know that that's that, I haven't seen that one yet, but I'm sure it's out there. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I saw two, Denzel, two of them. I saw Denzel Washington do this. Let me try that. That'll look cool. Yeah, you, you film. You film. We'll, we'll, we'll you film. <laughs> no, no, I film. I I want to shoot gun. No, no, you film. I'll shoot gun. Yeah. I shoot gun. You film. And by the way, nice to see all the Samsung Mobile T-shirts. I guess they went down there and handed out some sh- some shite to the guys. Hey, like, where are our people sending the some the no, no agenda, agenda T-shirts? Really, we should have no agenda. By the way, I saw on the Today Show. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of people lined up behind the show holding signs. Where is the no agenda show dot com sign, yeah. people? Yeah, the signs. I mean, these guys, the Cafe Press is running overtime. They got the hats. They got the fedoras, all with the new flag. You know, I think one of them actually says Rebel on it. Like, <laughs> I'm Rebel. It's, it is, it's, oh, seriously, 20, what is it now? 28 years of broadcast uh, experience tells me this is fake. It's just, it's so obvious. So uh, obvious. Anyway. That's. Let's thank some producers for yes, today's uh, for episode. Our, for now, we, we do have, today is the famous episode 333, and we do have about 80 uh, donors who have been, or are going to be dubbed dual producers. They'll be giving producers credit, and we're going to rattle off their names at the at the break. But today's uh, contributors and uh, executive producers are as follows. Alan Thompson, who came in with 333-33. Michael Kearns, and Alan's from Parts Unknown. Michael Kearns, Platte City, Missouri, three thirty three thirty three. Love the low hanging harping on Obama for vacation time to the right wing talk shows. I'm no fan, but if you search for the actual numbers, Bush cleared way more brush by this time in his presidency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that may be true, that but he be. never did it during. I mean, he did run into one situation where he was out of town during Katrina, but he's never been out of nope, town during nope, a during foreign the good action. No, they, they got to keep Obama out of the way. And did you hear how he stumbled through that speech? By the way. Because he was in downtime mode, you know, and then they'd throw up the teleprompter for him to talk about the... Yeah, and he's, uh, yeah, and he's the, wearing a happening. sport coat, no tie. Yeah, right. but it's just like... Yeah, he was like he was on drugs or something. Yeah, right. Uh, anyway, so the, 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 the amount of time spent... We're not, we're not talking about just vacation per se, so I mean, that's it's specious to bring that up, but I'm not going to complain. He's, a, he's now an executive producer for today's show, Michael Kearns. Oscar Nadal and uh, Tijuana... Uh, California, Mexico. <laughs> I just donated three thirty-three dollars to help the Knights reach the American Knights' dream. Hookers and blow to help out Adam reduce the time delay on the connection and Mickey, so she can get one of those hats with a fan on top <laughs> when she has to stay out of the RV while the show's going on. We'll buy one for her, uh, uh, regardless for the two thousand nine show. The first Mexican Knight, and he uh, loves and kisses the Mickey. She's really cute. Ah, chola. Uh, Richard Hyde and Peterborough K- Cams. I'm not sure where that is. Uh, 33333. Uh, Robert Clayson in London. 33333. Another contribution towards his knighthood. Scott Hankel, Sunland, California. 33333. This is for Adam's survival of the earthquake machine, Thank which you. he quite well. Yep. And soon to be Jordan Wyatt uh, in Invercargill, Southland, uh, which is in the UK, I think. Uh, congratulations on 333 episodes, all secretly shilling for the... V- no, I think he's in... Oh, he's uh, in think, Australia. Yeah, or New or, Zealand. Uh, New, New Zealand. Zealand. He's New, New Zealand. Zealand guy, right? Yeah, yeah in Sock, New Zed. Please visit uh, 
INVSOC.org.nz, which is in IMS Society, the vegan society he's got, to join the world's southernmost vegan organization. Uh, hope to be a magic night, at least the second vegan night. Hope the roundtable is all vegan catered. Okay. And by the we way, got I, the I, I, I just want to say we had some guy come in the chat room <clears throat> on the, the last show. Some guy was like, hey, he has a book he's chilling or whatever it is. And he's like, you're all wrong about vegans. Because we were harping about Clinton like he looks ready to keel over and die from his great vegan diet. He's like, you're all wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. And you know, they kicked him out of the chat room. And the, <laughs> and he's like arguing with me on Twitter like, you do nothing on knowledge and fact. I said, no, nah, nah, dude, first of all. <laughs> go you know, away. Go away. Second of all, you, you, know, you, you can be civil about it. You know, we don't know everything. We're happy to hear what you have to say. But don't come in my house yelling and screaming like that. And uh, and here we have vegans who, uh, you know, they, they they have their own agenda. They're they're happy to to give us different insight. You know, I've then never sent a picture of themselves because so, you know, yeah. so Jordan uh, is uh, in uh, is the associate executive producer at two hundred one dollars. And I suppose you may have a few extras there. I, that yeah, you- I have one, uh, Brian Rayleigh, um, who was at the final rap party meetup. Uh, it was the second time around. He uh, he donated uh, when he came to the, the kickoff tour, and uh, he gave us uh, $367. Uh, that's 333 for the 333 Club and uh, 3333 for a uh, podcast license. And there's a couple more people I'll thank uh, from the Hot Pockets uh, 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 producers in our donation segment. But of course, uh, this is kind of the, this is the tipping point for us. This is, uh, this is good. This put us kind of on track for this episode as to what a normal, um, show is, uh, is like when it comes to, uh, keeping us on the air good for the summer, but please don't give up after the three, three, three is over because we need to continue. And this is the lucky one. So I really appreciate everyone going to Dvorak.org. Slash N A and helping us out, uh, and we need to continue that as uh, we continue to uncover uh, everything that is being uh, uh, made up for you by the mainstream news. And we do have a couple of PR uh, uh, mentions that uh, these are mainly forwards to the noagendashow.com website. Uh, this is Kristen who was at the at the the wrap up party, and uh, she. Uh, registered two domain names as a spinoff of Paul Ryan's Prosperity Political Action Committee. We have prosperitypodcast.com and uh, prosperityactionpodcast.com, now both pointing to noagendashow.com. Appreciate that. And we have digitalelvis.com, which is I think is also a very nice one. Uh, agenda33.com, which, of course, uh, is a playoff on Agenda 21. Uh, a Dutch website, which uh, won't mean much unless you're Dutch, opgroeiedoeiesopen.nl, which I think is a good, good fun one. And firethesenator.com, and then the invisiblecandidate.com. All of these domain names forwarding to noagendashow.com, and uh, we highly appreciate all of that. It's uh, really important. And, of course, thanks to our executive producers. Uh, as I just mentioned, uh, we have... Uh, uh, Brian Rayleigh, who uh, came in with $367, appreciate that. Then we have our other 333 and executive uh, producers, including uh, Alan Thompson, Michael Kearns, Oscar N- uh, Nadal, Richard Hyde, Robert Clayson, uh, Scott Hankel. I'm scrolling down the list here as I get used to my studio again. Uh, soon to be Sir Jordan Wyatt as associate executive producer, and we'll be knighting him later on. And as you know, these are actual credits. This is no different than the credit someone's going to get. Well, it is different, actually, because whoever's producing this Libya thing is not going to get an on-air credit. 
and they'll probably get just as frustrated as Dustin Hoffman in uh, in Wag the Dog. <laughs> end up dead and anyway. End up, end up with two to the head. So look out for Tom Hanks or Steven Spielberg because this was this was well done. Uh, or maybe it's the guy who does the Academy Awards. I don't know. Either way, these credits are real. We'll vouch for you, unlike those phonies in Hollywood. And if you weren't able to donate this time around, there's always something you can do, which is go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Say it, everybody, now. Shut up. So before you launch into anything, John, I just want to say that uh, it is great to be back home. We had a great time on the road, uh, but wow, I really miss just being in my uh, in my place of business. It was so hard doing anywhere. And of course, we traveled yesterday, so I, I'm I'm light on what I normally do anyway. Uh, but man, oh man, it's so good to be back. I mean, as much fun as it is, I really, I really don't want to leave again. I just want to sit here and just do the show. It's uh, and 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 I and the shitty connection we had. It's like I really missed talking with you. That was bad. Yeah. Well, last show was particularly crummy. Yeah, it was quite bad. So um, a couple of interesting things uh, I found. I was watching C-SPAN, yeah. and and I ran into uh, Jean Chrétien, the ex prime minister of Canada, mm-hmm. and he had. Uh, there's two clips I got from him. One's a little long, but it's one of them is the. The clip of what, you know, when the first, uh, when the Iraq war was begun by Bush and uh, the Canadian, you have to remember this is so, so long ago yeah. that it's like, you know, a decade ago, we forgot some of the details. Like, for the example, the uh, the Canadians did not join in. He was the prime minister oh, at the time. Right. I remember that. Yeah. And the French didn't join in, and all of a sudden we're calling French fries freedom fries. Freedom fries, right, right. And we're bitching about how the French are a bunch of pigs because they didn't pussies. join the stupid war pussies, and all the rest yeah, of it. Pussies. And, of course, we, they let, it, we, we let we let them come back into the fold with this Libyan deal, and so they took the lead, and now, okay, everybody's happy again. But anyway, uh, Chrétien, who has the world's worst accent, does tell an interesting tale about the uh, – about, and I think it has a punchline, too. It's a little long. But he, he explains what happened and the, and the crap that he had to go through for not going to this stupid war in Iraq. Prime Minister, could you explain to our American friends how you got to make the decision not to participate in the Iraq war? It was easy. It was, uh, they were wrong and I said so. <laughs> I never, I was with them, and they tried to persuade me, my friend Tony Blair part, in particular. What's going on there? Someone's whispering? What's going on Some there? Some idiot that had the mic in the oh, audience okay. was whispering, all and right. it ends real All right, all right. And one day he was telling me, uh, uh, Jean, you know, Saddam is a terrible dictator said, of course, he's a terrible dictator. But I said, if we are in the business of replacing those we don't like, who is next? And I said, by the way, you're the number one in the Commonwealth, and I am more or less the number two. There's a guy I don't like, and you don't like very much, by the name of Mugabe. Why don't we go and solve the problem in the family in Zimbabwe? Oh, he said, John. You know, Mugabe and Saddam is not the same. I said, of course it's not the same. Mugabe has no oil. 
then, uh, you know, so they were not happy with me, I have to tell you. <laughs> and it was tough for me. Because we're neighbor to America. The business people were very scared. They were afraid of retaliation. And I asked them, I said, give me the list of all the goods and all the services that the Americans are buying from us and they don't need. There was no list. Because business is business. You know, what really bothers me about when guys like this do this is, I don't know who the, who the audience is, but it must be a bunch of elitist pricks because they, they do all this crap and then they come out later and they're allowed to like say it and laugh about it. And it was, oh, that's so, hilarious. <laughs> that's so hilarious. It's so in your face. It really irritates me. <laughs> it should. Yeah. It's, this is, you know, but it's, and it's, it's never like front page, like ex Canadian prime minister says, it was bull crap. No oil. It was all about oil. They don't say that. No, no, well, that's no. that's what really should irritate you more than the fact that these guys come out and say this. For all we know, he's been saying it all along, and nobody wants to cover it. The news media is in the in the pocket. So anyway, so anyway, so I thought that was kind of entertaining, but I did also learn something listening to this. By, by the way, he's a real funny speaker. If he's out speaking someplace, I would recommend it. He's he has a lot of punch lines. He does think poorly of the United States government in terms of its structure. He thinks the Canadian parliamentary system is better and, you know, the British system. But but that's just prejudice, and I think it's bigotry, and I think he's full of shit. But he has something that was quite interesting. There's the clip, Canada versus UK questions from Parliament. You know, as the, as in Parliament, the uh, Canadians, the, the Canadian version of this, by the way, is much more entertaining than the British one, in the Cana- where, the, where the Prime Minister goes up in front of Parliament and they all ask him questions in front of the House of Commons and they, you know, they ask one question or another and then he answers the question in the, and then they yell and they go, ho, 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 and they go, hey, hey. Yeah, but they don't oh, wear those cool wigs, which is kind of a bummer. I like the wig <laughs> thing. And they go, you know, here, here, and they make a lot of racket. <laughs> but in Canada, they yell at each other. You suck. <laughs> you stink. It's very entertaining. Uh, so, but anyway, sorry, sorry. Anyway, he explains the difference. And when he said this, I and I want you to tell me that you knew this when when this clip is over. This is the Canada versus UK questions mm-hmm. from Parliament. I'm uh, here to answer questions. You know, we have a great tradition in Canada. When you're a minister and when you're prime minister, you have a question period. The prime minister is expected to be there twice, three times a week, sometimes four times a week. It lasts 45 minutes and he answers most of the questions. They have the same tradition in England, in Great Britain. But the prime minister is invited there to do that once a week for 20 minutes and he received a notice of 48 hours of the questions. Oh! I never received a notice of question before. I did not know that, but it doesn't surprise me that he has a... It's rigged. It's totally rigged, so it's a big show. So that is the, so what we see Cameron on C-SPAN, he's standing in front of all these guys and all these guys stand up and then the the, the speaker, Mr. Jenkins, (laughs) Miss, you know, whatever. And so, so those questions have been pre-asked. The speaker has a list of them. The prime minister obviously knows what they are because they have to be presented 48 hours in advance. He checks the box. He says, I'll take this one. I'll take this one. I'll take this one. And one from column B. And then they, they go through the charade. So the whole thing is a farce. Yeah, the clip of the, clip of the day. Absolutely. That's a good one. 
Wow. So the question should be, Mr. Prime Minister, could you please ask us why you get all the questions in advance as you did this one? Have him answer that. No one I It's a big show. Big, big show. By the way, the parliamentary system, as we all know, is, of course, much better than a presidential system with a with the separation of, uh, of powers with the executive, legislative and uh, what's the third? Judicial. Thank you. Branch. Um, as the uh, anti-constitutionalist terrorist Farid Zakaria. Zakaria. And I told you my Aunt Meg sent Mickey a note about this, right? No. Oh, I, oh, I thought I did. Yeah, because, so Aunt Meg, is she, now, yeah, I did, we did talk about this. I said that, you know, it's the women who make all the deals. There's no doubt about it. She, she, she sat me down. She's like, you know, what journalist do you really like? I said, none. She said, yeah, I'm really like uh, Farid Zakaria. I said, that terrorist? <laughs> and she's, I, she, doesn't, she doesn't budge either. She said, he's anti-constitution. You watch. And she sent Mickey a note, you know, like, hey, thanks, great pictures, and you know, had a great time, lovely. Uh, by the way, please tell Adam, I saw Farid uh, Fardika talking about how the parliamentary system is better. And so he's done something very interesting. So I read to you this blog post where, where he says, oh, you know, parliamentary system is better. We have to rethink our, our, our uh, the way we do business because nothing gets done. This is also a somewhat longer clip, but I think well worth listening to because this guy is being touted as the real deal by the elites in Washington as the guy who is saying, you know, speaking truth to power. And, uh, and of course, he has personal one-on-one conferences with the president where he gets his talking points and what he's supposed to be doing. And I have long suspected that this president is, in, uh, is anti-constitutionalist, A, because he's a constitutional scholar. That's your clue right there. Uh, B, uh, he, he doesn't fight the War Powers Act. He just ignores everything about the Constitution, doesn't invoke the 14th Amendment when it comes to the uh, full faith and credit of the United States because he wants to obfuscate the entire Constitution. And this guy, this Fareed Zakaria, the terrorist, is anti-constitutionalist terrorist, is the one propagating the message with what he calls um, uh, you know, logic. And so he's quoting all these websites where he, and professors and all these people who agree with him. And just listen. Listen to this and tell me you can't give me an oh brother on this. This brought to mind my years in political science grad school. Ah, my years in political science grad school. Years, I'm so smart. And an essay by a famous Yale scholar, who who said that parliamentary systems are superior to presidential systems because they allow for greater stability and purposeful action. What? In a parliamentary system... It gets better. Just don't even... You're going to go crazy when you hear this guy. ...system, he contended, the legislature and the executive are fused. So there is no contest for national legitimacy and power. Think of David Cameron in England. He is the head of the coalition that won the election, head of the bloc that has a majority in parliament, and head of the executive branch as prime minister. Remember the political battle surrounding the debt ceiling. It's actually impossible in a parliamentary system because the executive controls the legislature. There could not be a public spectacle of the two branches of government squabbling or holding the country hostage. In the American presidential system, in contrast, you have a presidency and a legislature, both of which claim to speak for the people. As a result, you always have a contest over basic legitimacy. Who is actually speaking for and representing the people? 
In America today, we take this struggle to an extreme. We have one party in one house of the legislature this claiming to speak Congress. for all the people. By the way, very well put together, this clip, as you hear all the background noises. I hadn't noticed it the first time around, um, but it's it's very well done. We have all these little quotes that just, like, seep into your minds. This is, is this done on CNN? Yes, yeah, it's very good mind control. ...person elected by all the people. Now, these are unresolvable. There will be setbacks. You hear it? You hear how good this is? ...claims, and they invite constant struggle. There are, of course, advantages to the American system. The checks and balances have been very useful on occasion. Let me give you an example. <laughs> on an occasion! No, no, notice, notice the way he... He, he uses the word has, have yeah, been oh, useful yeah. in a demeaning way, like this. Oh, yeah, you have been useful. Yeah, it's it, back in the day. In fact, it is back in the day. Listen. In 1945. Yeah, 1945. Britain, it was useful back then. 1945. Thanks for reading. Acted a quasi-socialist economic plan that set the country on a bad, bad path. But look at the situation we're in today. Western countries have all created welfare states and governmental systems that are cumbersome, sluggish, and expensive, especially as the population ages. These need to be reformed, and many of these reforms are fairly obvious in uh -huh. Social Security, tax policy, energy policy, but the American government has lost the ability to actually implement any policy solutions because... They're bad! That's why, because they suck! That's why... Of ...political gridlock. Look at what the S&P actually said in its downgrade. Quote, America's governance and policy making is becoming less stable, less effective, and less predictable than we previously believed. Despite this year's wide-ranging debate, in our view, the differences between political parties have proven to be extraordinarily difficult to bridge. Unquote. This is not just about the presidential system alone. Recent developments have added to polarization and paralysis. The filibuster, for example, is not in the Constitution, but it is now routinely used in the Senate to allow one mi a minority of one house to block all legislation. That filibuster after filibuster. In a fast-moving world where other countries are acting quickly and with foresight, we are paralyzed. It's all very well to keep saying that we have the greatest system in the history of the world, but against the backdrop of dysfunction, it sounds a lot like thoughtless cheerleading. So this guy uh, uh, is a treasonous wait, wait. terrorist. Let me, let me just ask a logical question. So he thinks it would be better if you had that combinatorial approach where you have the president and the legislator as working as one. Yeah. So in other words, when the Republicans take over, they just run roughshod over the yeah. country. Yeah. And then when the Democrats take over, they just run roughshod over the company, Much country better. with doing everything they want to do with nobody saying, no, stop doing that. Because yeah. you can't yeah. with the parliamentary system. This guy is full of crap. Yeah, he's and by the way, I think there's something up here because he mentioned the Standard & Poor's guy. Let's uh -huh. go to that. Yep. <laughs> that guy's been ousted. Hello, everybody. Well, that's uh, that's the version of uh, two to the head that we were talking about. Wow. Which we predicted. It was predicted. It was totally predicted. This is a not, he didn't get killed, but, you know. He was, but he's killed in a business sense. And replaced by uh, a shill from uh, Citibank. Citibank. <laughs> play, play this. Play my Citigroup Financial Times. I didn't realize when I listened to this clip I was going to use it because this was actually just a mention about this guy got kicked out. But then when I listened to it, I realized, and you have pointed this out before, the Financial Times has been compromised. You had a Financial Times story earlier in the show that was a compromised story. This sounds to me like a compromised story. In other words, the Financial Times is in on this. Play that. 
President of Standard & Poor's is resigning just weeks after the ratings firm issued a controversial downgrade of the U.S. government's debt. The Financial Times says the departure of Devin Sharma has been in the works for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, I read he will that. be replaced by Douglas Peterson, a top executive at Citigroup. Yeah, I read that. I love been that. in the works for some time, yeah. my ass. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't want to report on it because we didn't think it was interesting until now. Like, if they knew that, they, they should have reported on that weeks ago. Been in the works for some time. Oh, so, uh, and meanwhile, of course, what is not discussed in uh, in the news at all is now we know that um, the Federal Reserve gave out one point two trillion trillion dollars. That's a whole year of our tax money in secret loans to Citigroup, Bank of America, but also you know a whole bunch of foreign uh, foreign companies. This is the uh, the Bloomberg guys have been following up on this. One guy got, I believe, killed. For even uh, requesting the free, you know, the, doing the Freedom of Information Act, he died unfortunately of uh, you know a uh, was a heart attack or not even defined, and this is not discussed at all, at all. Just one point two trillion dollars. Here's some money, and, and and everyone else just pound sand, kitties. Screw ya, pound sand. Now it's, it's very disturbing. <laughs> Anyway, so they got rid of the guy. Yeah. So now I'm thinking the guy's also Indian, and Zakari, Zach or whatever his name is. He's Pakistani. Z- Zach. Yeah, he's Pakistani. Yeah, well, the thing is, there's I, I conv- I'm not convinced that the, the, um, the in the scheme of things, that this notion of switching to a parliamentary system and, and redoing the Constitution is necessarily in the game plan. And I, I'm wondering how long these, this, this meme is going to last. I think it's been injected by some, I think it's been injected by an alien, uh, a, a kind of a subversive force. And I believe I'm going to, I'm going to predict that Fareed Zach is going to be, uh, uh, ousted. Well, really? Yeah. Huh. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a mainstream uh, elite m- movement. I think this is a, a meme coming in from a from an alien source that is is uh, subversive, and I think he's going to be out. So you remember uh, Christopher Shale? Does that ring a bell, Christopher Shale? Yeah, the name rings a bell. Yeah, he was uh, the uh, chairman of the uh, conservative party who died at the at Glastonbury in the toilet. Oh, right. right. Yeah. So how interesting is it that they still have not published the toxicology report of this guy's system? Uh, and, of course, you know, they, they talk about the, the chipping, the chipping Norton clan. This, this is all back to Rebecca Norton and the Murdoch and Cameron. All these guys are snorting blow up there and chipping Norton. Uh, so no toxicology report on this guy who died on uh, the 23rd of June, 2011. But interestingly enough, Amy Winehouse, who died on the 26th of July, they immediately came out with her toxicology report. Like, oh, <laughs> no, nothing in there. So where's his, <laughs> tox- where's his toxicology report? How come it? T- why is it taking so long? Isn't it just like a sample and you run it through some tests? Yeah. Yeah. You got your blood, you got your testing gear, you run it through and you then you and analyze and then you report. Nothing. How hard can it be? Absolutely nothing on that guy. Nothing at all. Yeah. We'll never hear anything that you mentioned it. Of course it not. gets forgotten. People just forget. Yeah, they do. Which is it's good we're old because we remember the strangest things. That's what <laughs> I remember when I was a kid. That's what old people do. They remember really crazy things. Like uh, this one. 
I remember this must have been 2008 slash nine when uh, maybe it was maybe it was even before uh, Obama uh, was uh, became president. And we were talking about national service. Remember this? Like everything was going to be. You know, national service. Yeah, and instead it morphed into everybody working for the Department of Homeland Security. Now that's, what, the second biggest group in the world? Third, third, third. Third, okay. So under Section 6104 of this new bill entitled Duties, Subsection B6, and I have a link to this bill, uh, it's the Mandatory National Service Bill. Uh, here we go. Quote, whether a workable, fair, and reasonable mandatory service requirement for all young people could be developed, how such a requirement could be implemented in a manner that would strengthen the social fabric of the nation, their Nazi, and overcome civic challenges by bringing together people from diverse economic, ethnic, and educational backgrounds. This happens at the same time that Prime Minister Cameron of Camelot comes out in a speech in Oxfordshire and says exactly, you know, they want to put in national service for all these youngsters who apparently have nothing better to do than to riot. So this is a, a Gitmo Nation movement for mandatory service of our children. You will serve and you will obey. And it's disturbing. Do you mm. think there should be some form of national service? you think this is a good thing? They talked about this during the election. I mean, when, when it was on a, one of Obama's things he wanted to do, but he wanted to create some sort of like an army, uh, a brown shirt. Right, the brown shirt army. Well, this I think that got pushed back a little bit. Yeah, no, this is for mostly for volunteerism. I think they want to, you know, it's, there's no work. So, I mean, so I might as well think, put, put him, get some slaves. Get some slaves. I mean, you know, they can build furniture for dorms. Um, Let me just hang with the, with the riots. I don't and, think in this country that, you know, that, you know this is a thing that, it's an idea that uh, has come and gone. It was very popular during World War II, obviously. And uh, they began in World War I where they were trying to talk everybody into joining the army to go over to the, the butcher, butcher, uh, other centric, <laughs> miserable World War I, which was the stupidest thing that anyone ever took part in. And uh, it's kind of died off. And I, I don't think Americans need to, you know, I think if they were better educated, then this isn't going to help. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. I don't like the idea personally. I don't think we should be forced into doing if anything. I, if I had any more kids, I got one, I, I want them working for me. I need to put them to work for the family business, not not for the douchebags. Yeah, I agree with that. Can make them work for me on my farm or well, whatever. Here's a, here's a good, then talking about that, there is a law that has been, this is big controversial uh, legislation that it, I have to follow up on. It. I could do a little more details. I didn't plan it for this show. But there's now been some movement to uh, make sure that the family farm, kids in the family farm can't drive the tractors without a license and they have to be 18 years old. John, I played you the clip uh, four shows ago. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you have to have a commercial. That's Agenda 21. That's the commercial driver's license that the. So, I mean, that's. See, that's the kind of thing that should be resisted. And uh, as opposed to, you know, this other thing. Yeah, this is bad. Well, not just, just out of Sparta. Well, I think it, it, it's about to get a lot worse. Um, I have a, a really short clip here. You got to listen closely. This is about uh, HR 645. And this is about uh, the FEMA camps. Uh, and this is uh, so a House bill that is uh, working its way through about, uh, you know, places to lock people up. And they catch up with uh, Ron Paul 
in uh, in Iowa and ask him about HR 645. It's kind of funny because he goes, I, I don't know numbers, man. What are you talking about? And the, guy, and the guy mentions what the bill is about and then listen to Ron Paul's response. I have a quick question while you're saying that. Do you think Americans are justified in thinking that HR 645 could lead to detainment camps for American citizens during martial law? I don't know this number, you have to tell me. Yeah, the emergency center establishment. Yeah, I know that's their goal. They are setting up the stage for violence in this country. You hear that? That's their goal. They're setting up for violence in this country. And this is the contained. No doubt about it. That's what I liked. Yeah. Well, and um, if you go back to the the White House insider, he says that uh, Obama will run. Uh, his 2012 campaign will run. He's going to pull the race card. And that he, the insider believes, if you believe the insider, that uh, that the Obama nut jobs, so that would be the Chicago mob running it, are they will do anything to stay in power, that they will actually incite race riots in this country. Uh-huh. And, I, and you know what? Logically thinking, I think, wow, totally possible. And uh, we have to be very vigilant about this because we, we, we can easily see what happened in the U.K. Um, a Croydon uh, member of parliament, Gavin Barwell, has now come out and said, uh, I have spoken to well into double digit figures of people who saw people with walkie talkies and radios directing people around these riots uh, in the Telegraph. Andrew Gilligan writes. It appeared that there were two kinds of riots, the heavily orchestrated ones with rioters traveling long distances at short notice to take part, and then some local opportunists who joined in. Now, we've already uh, addressed the fact that it looked like this was pretty much false flag. If, by the way, if it was all that bad, how come no one rioted in Scotland? Why was there no rioting in Scotland? Is Scotland all that great all of a sudden? I don't know. No. Well, of course not, because it was only directed at uh, in London, in rich neighborhoods. This is, this is another form of psychological warfare. Oh, yeah. Scare the... Uh, scare people. Scare the elites. Scare them. Scare them, and they all buy into it. I'm here to tell you, they all buy into it. It's really bad. Yeah, well, that's the idea. They, if they didn't buy into it, that we wouldn't be seeing all this stuff. And now, back to real news. Okay, we got some uh, hot news here. Uh, This is uh, a directive that's gone out to U.S. Marines serving in Afghanistan. Uh, uh, The Marines are now being asked not to fart because it offends the Afghanis they are fighting side by side with. This is (laughs) bullcrap. That's real news. (laughs) I'm like, really? This is like in the Marine Gazette or something like that. It's like it's really, bull crap. really, really. I like really. to see what's the what's the num- where you like to see this 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 order. <laughs> I have a, I have a real news story. Oh well, let's hit the jingle again. Right. Hey, and now back to real news. Let me guess. I think this is actually more. This is going to have more repercussions than all the crap that we're witnessing. Uh oh. And it's just going to be one of those accidental things they did stupidly. God, God, gone. Play oh, it. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oops. I, I queued up the wrong one. I, I couldn't even guess which one of your clips was real news. Here we go. The Chinese government is telling Internet providers to pull the plug on more than 100 songs, including hits by Beyonce and Lady Gaga. Woo! I got a reason that you should take me home tonight. 
The Chinese government released a list of songs it wants removed from the Internet in China. The list includes six songs by Lady Gaga and Beyonce's Run the World. Music websites that provide content in China have until mid-September to remove the songs. They're deemed in poor taste or vulgar by China's culture minister. Now, let me tell you, the Chinese, the Chiners are right to do this. And let me tell you why. This was another, I'm telling you, this is another <laughs> conversation I had at the dinner table with Cousin Lucy and the, the, all these kids were in their early, you know, late late teens, early 20s. They're like, Lady Gaga's great. She does exactly what she wants to do. And even Mickey was like, are you kidding me? Is that your hero, Lady Gaga? Is your Yeah, but she wears a meat dress. She, she's just flipping the bird to everybody. Okay, now I've been in the music business almost my entire life. Trust me, no one, except Prince, maybe the only exception, no one gets to do whatever they want. Forget about it. This is not how it works. And if this is your hero, then you deserve to be annihilated in the coming revolution. This is no hero. This is an Illuminati-backed, mind-controlling drone. This is what she does. She mind con- Look at her videos. Her music videos are filled with all-seeing eyes, with all kinds of... Jay-Z is uh, Bianchi, which is what I call her, Bianchi. Uh, th- this is all Illuminati stuff. This is all meant to mind-control the children into, into oblivion of stupidity. So the Chiners are right. Get rid of that. Don't, you don't want these kids looking at that stuff. You will get mind-controlled. And they all and they're all like, she's great. Lady Gaga's great. She has more Twitter followers than anybody. Why? Because the mind controlled drones are listening to this crap and watching the music videos. And I sound like a really old guy now. But unfortunately, it's true. <laughs> break is, some records yeah. while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I need to break some forty fives here in the studio. No, seventy eights. Yeah, seventy eights. <laughs> Remember the day when we did that? Rock and roll has got to go. We got to break these records. No, but this is. Absolutely, mind. You know, Michael Jackson knew about all this stuff. He was mind controlled. He he was touring New York City with Tommy Mottola, the guy who married Mariah Carey, another drone. She did. I think she broke free. Actually, I, I think that's why you know the divorce and everything. And she went nutty for a while. She got off the MK Ultra drugs. But um, they were touring in a limo, and Michael Jackson had to pee, and he would not let him pee. This is Tommy Mottola, the head of the record company, Sony CBS. Ref- just and it was out of just out of just jollies. No, you can't. You can't. We're not going to stop. You have to wait until we get to the next radio station. To Michael Jackson. So you think Lady Gaga has anything to say about what she's doing? No way. No way. So good on you, China. Not going to work out. I'm it's going to cause a problem. Yeah, I'm. Li- <laughs> I'm liking the Chiners more and more these days. All right. Um, I got some uh, interesting. We've been following, uh, you know, we follow vaccinations and all kinds of stuff. I have a couple of vaccine stories, which uh, really are pretty interesting. Now, of course, we had a big uh, uh, Alzheimer's story pop up in the news. Now, I'm not a sports guy at all, but here's a clip. Smith is in Knoxville this morning. He joins us on SportsCenter right now. George, what's been the reaction there on campus to Summit's announcement yesterday that she's suffering from early onset dementia? 
There's no question that there's still a little bit of shock and that the news is still sinking in. We had a chance to talk with one player, Tabor Spaney, who said she felt sickened when she heard the news and was fighting back tears. Uh, Pat Summit told her team in a meeting here on campus yesterday about her health issues. One of her assistant coaches talked about the mood in that meeting. All right. So this is uh, another propagation of Alzheimer's, the Alzheimer's meme. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, one of our producers actually did a lot of really good work on this. Turns out there is a drug called Leukine, L-E-U-K-I-N-E, and uh, it is typically, it is used for, hold on a second, uh, for rheumatoid arthritis. And it turns out, uh, as they've, you know, study shows, Alzheimer's disease memory loss could eventually be reversed after scientists discovered a chemical naturally produced by the body to fight arthritis also works on the brain condition. So um, this is the leukine, L-E-U-K-I-N-E, and it has this magical side effect of, you know, it's supposed to be for uh, rheumatoid arthritis. It can actually start to cure you of your Alzheimer's disease. Turns out... Hmm, this medication is about to lose its patent in 2012. Oh, really? So once again, we see the pharmaceutical industry trying to save their bacon by changing what a drug does into some other bullcrap study that says, oh, don't worry, we can save you from your early onset dementia. And then they, how, I don't know, I don't know if it's coincidence, I think not. But well, they get these stories out on the news, and then all of a sudden, these great drugs appear. But this is just another drug that is going out of patent, and they have to repatent it for a new use. Right, and they can keep it in patent so people can't use it. To, they can't make a generic version for people who would like to get a, their rheumatoid arthritis medicine at less than a dollar or $10 a pill. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm buying it. You should play the coincidence, I think not thing if, if it was coincidence? me. Coincidence? I think not. Now, there's a website that I, I'd like to uh, bring to your attention. This website is uh, <clears throat> actually uh, sponsored by Imtrac, the Texas Immunization Registry. This is a setup. This is the beginning. Uh, you will soon uh, be, it'll be mandatory to register your immunizations. And this is the website vaccinesforeveryone.com. And its uh, subtitle is Vaccines Aren't Just for Kids. And this is all about why adults need vaccines. This whole website, and it has an IQ test. And I'd like to take this test with you, John, to see how we're doing. So this is Test Your Immunization IQ. Ready? You want yeah. to take this one? Okay. How much do you know about adult vaccines? Test your vaccine awareness with the following quiz. Let's start. Question one. Once you become an adult, you don't need vaccines anymore. True or false? <coughs> Depends. No. That's not true, a true and true false or, question. True or false? No, it's not, it's false. not a true and false, false. question. Uh, you never outgrow your need for vaccines. There are some vaccines you only need as an adult. The shingles vaccine, for example. However, oh, many vaccines needed as an adult are boosters of vaccines received when you were younger or as a child. Next question. People don't die from things like the flu or meningitis anymore. True or false? Well, why would they throw meningitis in? Is it true or hey, false? Here, here, let me tell you this. Here. People don't die from driving a bicycle or jumping off of a cliff. No, they die from lack of speed against something hard. 
I mean, it's like this is like this is a bullshit. That That's why I'm question. taking it with you. So, the, so the answer, of course, is true. People don't die from the flu; they die from uh, pneumonia related to the flu. But we'll hit true. Incorrect answer. Each year, an average of fifty thousand adult Americans die from vaccine-preventable diseases or their complications. So here's the lie right in the answer. An average of 36,000 Americans die each year from seasonal flu complications. Next question. Everyone needs a tetanus booster every 10 years. True or false, John? Uh, True or false? I, don't, I, I think it's bullshit. False. Incorrect answer. Everyone needs a tetanus-containing vaccine every 10 years. It is recommended that one of those doses be Tdap, which has a vaccine against pertussis or whooping cough. What does that have to do with tetanus? Consult your healthcare provider if you get a deep or dirty wound. Next question. Human papilloma HPV. Oh, your favorite. Oh, yeah. Is very common and causes cervical cancer. This is like a a false negative. It's very common? And causes... Oh, no, I see. Here's another interesting little trick. (laughs) Yeah. So, in other words, yeah, the virus is very common, and it does, but it's not... But common doesn't... This is great. So they take the word common mm-hmm. and make you associate it with two parts of the question. Exactly. So they make it, yeah, the virus is common because it's everywhere. It's on your skin probably. But, and it, and it does cause cancer in a small number, a very small minority. But because the word common is in there, you associate yes. common, common. It means there's, everyone's getting cancer. So let's say false. Incorrect answer. HPV is the most common sexually transmitted infection in the United States. Since the 1990s, studies have shown a consistent association between HPV and cervical cancer. An HPV uh, vaccine is available. Ooh, they, can't, they can't even make they this. It's just association. They can't even make it a fact. It's available and recommended for females age 11 to 26 and males age 9 to 26. So this just goes on and on and on and on. And it's uh, set who, up. Who does this piece of shit? The Texas Department of State Health Services. This is what is so frightening about this. So you click on the link. And uh, this is about Imtrac, the Texas Immunization Registry. Adults need vaccines throughout their life. Store your. This Im- is that Rick Perry. Oh yeah, this is Rick Perry. Store your immunization records in Imtrac, the Texas Re- Immunization Registry. It's free, secure, and a confidential service that stores immunization records electronically in one centralized system. Great, Imtrac is available to Texans of all ages. And then you have to sign the Imtrac adult consent form, which I would like to bring up for you because, of course, that's the legal document. What do you think, uh, John? Do you think this is a good idea to give your immunization records to the uh, state government? Do you think that's good? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Let me just, uh, here it is. Here's the consent form. Uh, I understand by granting consent below, blah, 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 a Texas, uh, okay, may be accessed by a Texas physician or other healthcare provider legally authorized to administer vaccines for treatment of the individual as a patient, a Texas school in which the individual is enrolled, there's your uh, no vaccine, no school for you, a Texas public health district or local health department for public health purposes within their areas of jurisdiction, i.e., you have a disease, we're going to lock you up, a state agency having legal custody of the individual, (laughs) I don't even want to go there, or a payor 
currently authorized by the Texas Department of Insurance to operate in Texas for immunization records relating to the specific individual covered under the payor's policy. This is it. This is the big one. So you will not get health care or you will have outrageous fees if you do not get all these bullcrap vaccines, which we've been tracking for years. This is where the pharmaceutical industry is going. Vaccines to give you stuff before you get sick, not treat you, just shoot you up with all kinds of crap. And you're not going to get insurance if you don't do it. Good luck. I like it. I don't. <laughs> and then the, the Gitmo Nation UK, and I'll shut up about it, has this uh, actress. What's her name? Jamie Winstone. Ah, she's uh, been on some like, I don't know, TV show, whatever. I don't know. And she's done a documentary for the BBC, a documentary about how you can get cancer from uh, oral sex and how it's so unfair, so unfair that they come to the schools and tell the girls about this, but don't tell the boys. If you go down on your girlfriend, you could get you can catch cancer, catching cancer, please. Catching cancer. A lot of people. Um, It certainly shocked me. I didn't want to believe it. what do you mean you can you can catch cancer through oral sex but you know it's um it's a virus that lives in the skin and you know and bodily fluids are passed and this by the way is such a failed actress who was of course approached by the bbc the ministry of truth by the pharmaceutical industry creating gardasil and she's like i got a gig you know i can't blame her for being an idiot but this is what it is she just got a gig. oh i'm so glad i get to do a documentary you know it it's hard to believe, but it's true. Tell me why you decided to take part in this documentary. For the money! You know, learn about my body and what is HPV and uh, how can I prevent it? Um, how can, how, how, you know, uh, what, what is this vaccination jab that you can get? Um, why isn't it offered to young boys? Like, all these questions, I was, uh, I just wanted to... I wanted to know, and this was the perfect opportunity to do that. Well, HPV is is basically... This is a part of the documentary. She's talking to th- three youths, three boys, uh, black boys, I might point out, which I think is a part of the scam. And uh, just listen to this. Virus, you can catch through oral sex, through oral contact. Catch! Um, by going down on your girlfriend, basically. Stuff like that. Something that boys and girls can carry as well. Um, how does that make you feel that... You know that girls are getting offered this jab in school, and and not not boys. We're getting gypped. What? We're getting. This is though the men are getting gypped. Oh, we want the shot too. Yeah, exactly. And listen, they're saying it. Can we buy some tampons while we're at it? We'll find them useful. I don't know why they can give it to girls and not boys. That's so stupid. No, they've it's come stupid. to my college. They've done it with girls, but I personally think they should have come with boys and educate us about it. Because oh yeah, uh, all we just see girls getting jabs. We haven't got a clue what's going on. I I find it quite an ignorant way of being, you know, why would you, I like the girls and and not the boys, you know, what about gay men? You know, obviously there's a government issue and there's a money issue and, you know, there is a filter way of spending money on stuff, but for me it, it 
it's a non-brainer. It's like the vaccination should be given to boys as well as girls. Um, uh, it's up. a very expensive procedure. It's four hundred pounds. Four hundred pounds. This is it's what a sales job. It's eh? like almost seven hundred dollars. Yeah. No. It's, and they want they just want to scam everybody into making the government. This, in other words, they want the taxpayers to pay for a bunch of useless yeah. shots. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep, that yep. the boys have to get because oh the girls are getting it so we should get one too. That's right. What kind of logic is that? Yeah, it's it's disgusting. It's totally disgusting. The BBC they should find these people and shoot them. That's what your money is paying for, Gitmo Nation East. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. We do have a number of uh, contributors for this week's show, uh, producers, uh, and, uh, starting off with Judith Jensen and Alan Texas, $150. Loves the sh- love the show. Sorry we missed you when you were in Austin. Hopefully we'll see you at a meetup when you move to Austin. Yay! It could, Matthew, ha- it could happen. It could Matthew, happen. It could happen. Matthew McGreevy. You'll just be a little more, a couple more of those traffic jams. Uh, Harmageddon or whatever they called it. Carmageddon. Carmageddon. Davenport, Iowa. $111.11. Todd McGreevy here from John's favorite Iowa town, Davenport. Matthew, his first name on CC, uh, whatever. Oh, I see. Okay, it's Todd, not Matthew. Uh, listeners <laughs> should donate to the No Agenda show simply because of the great work you do on your show notes. They're outstanding. I'm glad somebody notices. And I have to give Adam credit for doing all of the show notes. He does a terrific job. The podcast is killer, but the value of your show notes goes unsung. This is a fact. Uh, the Hot Pocket Store was a wonderful way to get most slaves who support you need to meet each other. What a great connection the lamestream media cannot provide. Wish there was a way we could know, access our fellow No Agenda supporters in our own region so we could start meeting up too. Anything I can do to help, please let me know. All the best. Actually, uh, there's, I Eric. Think, yeah, well, there's a No Agenda Meetup. Dot org, I think. Yeah, you should do that. And Eric DeShill's working on some some initiatives for people who are knights and others so they can know who they, each right. other are. Right. But it has to be voluntary. Uh, Robert Simpson, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, $111.11, which is also, also uh, Todd's uh, donation. Armin Breuer in Vienna, uh, Austria. Uh, in the morning, John and Adam just wished to, a beautiful place, by the way, just wished to be part of the 333 show and thought I'd donate once again. And since it works all the time, I do have a small personal problem at the moment. Please give me a shot of karma. Keep up the good work. You've got karma. Lawrence Yin in D.Y. New South Wales. Uh, in the morning, John and Adam. Lawrence here from wherever that is. <laughs> D.Y. D.Y., wherever that is. <laughs> My uh, friend Ying from Inner West Sydney is in desperate need of some deep karma to go back to being happy and distracted. All right, we'll help you with that, my friend. You've got karma. Uh, yeah. I Also, uh, David Walsh and Carrera... Queensland 77.77. Hi, John and Adam. Can I please get a shot of karma for my wife and trying to make some human resources and need a boost of karmic force? I should come down there and really fix the problem. Hey. You've got <laughs> karma. I've been, I've been known to do it at least once. Uh, try, yeah, well, there's probably some food you can eat too. J- Sir Jimmy Freehollowbooks.com uh, in Summerfield, North Carolina. <coughs> Thanks, Peter Nisink. 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 For buying a signed Adam Curry hollow book as a gir- gift for his girlfriend. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving, apparently. <laughs> Two birthdays, yeah, I guess. Two birthdays to go. To go. I mentioned it's Peter. We're going to have those in the birthday segment. Freehollowbooks.com sends a happy birthday to his own human resource, Noah, who turns 11. 
And he also says, uh, Mom and Dad, I love you. Oh. oh, no, Mom and Dad love you, Noah. Sorry, yeah. Noah. Right. Sarah Morley in Montreal, Quebec. I am requesting a bit of karma for the third time on show 333 to help me beat the tax man. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, really. I'll try it. You've got karma. I don't think it's going to help. Oh, listen karma to the is story, only good though. for so much. Listen to the story, though. The Canadian Revenue Agency wants to tax me on an arts grant, even though the Canadian Council for the Arts hap is happy with the way I've accounted for the money. I've been fighting for seven years and finally submitted an appeal to the tax courts of Canada. I'm hoping that three times is a charm and that this dose of karma will send me a fair and honest judge. Cheers to both of you uh, uh, for uh, the hours of merriment. Sarah from Montreal. And like everyone, she's probably gorgeous too. Everyone in Montreal yeah. seems to be. Tori Hunter, pa Paducah. Paducah! Kentucky. Kentucky. 5757 from the Lone Squirrel. In the morning, John and Adam, I forward is three new domains. Do we get these? DroneWars.us? No, I, did, I didn't US? see these. No, I didn't see okay, these. Okay, DroneWars.us. HomemadeDrones.com, <laughs> by the way. I like that. That's a winner. That is. And DoItYourselfDrones.com. <laughs> I think we got something here. We're yeah. going to have these, we're gonna have to set up some real websites. I'd like to de denounce anyone in the chat room who complains yet does not donate as a douchebag. Douchebag. The assets provided at noagendashow.com are essential to my remixes. I cannot imagine the douchebaggery you have to endure to find them. But you have my thanks and support. That's the Lone Squirrel who does the That's remixes. The Lone yeah, remixes. Yep. Justin, uh, I think it'd be Bowerly yep. in Rescue, California. Great name for a town. 5555, trying to get some of that super karma from the show. 333 Hot Pockets Tour 2009 up to Northern California. Buster Posey's my God. So... You've got karma. As we know, Adam loved this last tour, and probably next year will increase it, so he'll be on the road for two to three months. <laughs> John Mazzarella in East Boston, Massachusetts. Nuts, 5510, double nickels on the dime. Must be a real surgeon on the controls up there in Alaska. They've got harp to set off an earthquake big enough to get half the country to flip on the news, yet small enough for the news to switch to the real story an hour later. Adam will know this as a lead-in in the TV biz. <laughs> That's why we put it at the end of the show. <laughs> John Shriver, a Ames, Iowa. Hi, John and Adam. Another fine little town in Iowa. Hi, John and Adam. Decided to uh, up my early donation with two nickels on the dime with hopes of getting a birthday call out. Yeah, we got it. For my son, John, we got that. Patrick, who have turned six on the 24th. Uh, best of luck, Adam, to finishing the trip in one piece. Yes. Javier Mungala. Javier. 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 Yeah. Okay. In Mexico. Munguia. In the Munguia. federal district. Hola. Adam it's and hola. John. Hola. John. Hola. 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 Buenos tardes. Buenos tardes. Uh, greetings from Getting No Nation. Tacos and tequila this is my first donation, although I've been listening for a long time. I don't mind being a douche, but I kindly request that you send a grand dose of, dose of karma to my uncle, Tio Joss. Tio Joss. Tio Haas. He has been uh, like a father to me. Turns out he's got something in his neck, and his biopsy results will come in this week. Give him a dose of karma. Yeah, well, let me give you that right now. We hate the fucking cancer. You've got karma. Keep up the great work you guys are doing at making the best show in the world. Mexico City. Hey, uh, by and the, the way, the donation is, is 5255, which is code for something. He didn't say what. I don't know what that is. We'll figure it out. Jeffrey Anderson, Bordentown, New Jersey. In the morning, John and Adam had more than my fill of living in the American dream of just getting by, just getting by, so I'm sending some karma. I'm seeking, seeking karma. Seeking karma. 
But hit him with it. Uh, as he works towards uh, a career, a move to a new city and a new career. Well, I'm looking for the same, actually. You've got karma. Not really a new career, but a new city. One where they don't steal my money. He's a lone howl wolf. Oh, okay. <laughs> Best podcast in the world, he says. And that was 50-50. George Vander, Horse Black Knight, George, and Cots Home. Cots Hovel. Cats Hovel in uh, <laughs> Netherlands, Jennifer Butler, Marietta, Georgia, John Lake, Justin Hill, and uh, Mike uh, Mike Burns, Burst, Bernsten and Paul Vella, all $50. Uh, thank everyone and all for the donations. And we do have a huge list of names we want to thank for the 333 yeah, before we get Club. To that, before we get to that, John, a couple of other things. Uh, we have our Hot Pockets uh, producers from the, uh, the last... Uh, meet up in D.C. there on K Street. So we have Rick Haskins, $50. Roy Vichart, $60. And he wants some karma for his cat, Bruce. So we'll hand that out for his cat, You've Bruce. Got yeah. He, uh, he drove down from Princeton, New Jersey to D.C. for the meetup. He's from the Netherlands, but he's uh, on some kind of a temporary work uh, thing. And he brought us uh, like three kilos worth of Strobwaffles, which is just awesome. We've been eating them. And not like the store-bought ones, but homemade ones, which are great. Uh, so we've thanked Brian Rayleigh already as the executive producer of the show, 333, and the 3333 for the podcast license, 367 uh, total. And you want a little bit of karma, so we'll give him that as well. You've got karma. And we have a $60 donation from Pete the Teacher, who uh, says uh, $60 here for a dedouching. You've been dedouched. And Stephen Drew handed over uh, $40, and he also requested some karma, so we'll give him that. You've got karma. Then uh, I have a couple other things. Uh, we have a make good here. Uh, Mel K says, I'd like to wish my boyfriend... Brandon Welch, a happy 111 birthday. That was on the... Oh, is this... Uh, that's interesting. Uh, How old is this guy? <laughs> 111, apparently. I guess we'll do that in the birthday segment. That's weird. I don't know how that uh, slipped in there. Um, we have, uh, let's see, uh, Patrick Biz, uh, who needs some uh, karma. He uh, needs some bad stuff going on in his life, so we'll hand him some karma there. You've got karma. And then uh, we always break for the women. Jennifer Butler says, I'm a stay-at-home mom who homeschools our two kids. Money is super tight, but my husband, the owner of SeanHannity.com, which is, of course, forwarded to NoAgendaShow.com, listens to your show, and I've recently become a huge fan. We are in need of some good karma. Our niece, who is six months old, just diagnosed with T-cell leukemia and has been in the hospital for over two months. We don't have a lot of money to donate since we're a one-income family because of our choice to not subject our children to government school or the normal brainwashing. But I've sent in $50 through PayPal. Wish we could give more, but any extra funds right now have to go to our family. Thank you for what we do. So, so of course, here's some karma for her. You've got karma. It's kind of this karma thing is, uh, I you know, People, it does work for people. So, but it's like I, it's bumming me out. All these these stories of like cancer. It's like it's crap. Don't like that, right? No, it's terrible. Yeah. So before we move on to our uh, three thirty three donor list, and everyone becomes a special producer for this lucky three 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 episode, we do want to remind you that this program has no commercial interruptions. It takes up all of our available time during the day. I haven't seen a decent column from John in five years. And I have no job. I'm patently unhirable for anything else. So the only way we can stay on the air and not uh, succumb to uh, sucking the corporate schlong is by your donations. Dvorak.org. 
slash N-A. And that is the place you need to go. <clears throat> and it's D- and also, yeah, there's also noagendashow.com, also noagendanation.com and Dvorak, uh, Dvorak, channeldvorak.com slash N-A. You, those are alternatives. And you go to no agenda, uh, no, I'm sorry, no agenda nation dot <laughs> no, no, com and no, pick no up Jade a three thirty three coin. <laughs> yeah, how many are still, are still some available? I think there's a few left. Yeah, I'm really bummed out. We I lost my gold dollar, not my my gold ounce coin, and my no agenda. What? Yeah, in the RV, a gold coin. Yes, an ounce. My full ounce gold coin. It's lost. It's like it, like it's gone. It was in the RV. Yeah, it was in my. I always have a velvet bag with me, and in that I've got a one ounce gold coin. You know, I figured I need that for when the apocalypse hits. And I've got my no agenda, my original uh, challenge coin. And I Both have were missing. And I have my three. And I have my Iraq challenge coin, the one that I covet because I got. How did it. you lose all three? They were in. They were in the velvet bag, and and uh, you know, I, it's hard. You know, the RV is like. <laughs> you think you were robbed? No, I, I think. I, unfortunately, I think that it. We put it in a safe place, and then uh, Mickey packed everything, and uh, I might show up still. I hope so. I'm. I feel really naked without my uh, my coins. Anyway. Yeah, well, you had that rack one, which is pretty rare. Yeah, well, yeah, I got it when I was there, so I'm very very bummed about that. Anyway, uh, let's let me kick it off and thanking uh, people who have donated three hundred and thirty three dollars to this program over the course of uh, well. More than uh, what is it now eight eight nine months I think as uh, people have been doing this and this has really helped us out. We hope you do continue to consider us uh, in your will uh, when you die from uh, something horrible, which apparently we're all going to get. <laughs> John's already going. He's already, <laughs> he's, already, he's, already he's already coughing. Uh, here we go. A.J. Rystad, Alan Thompson, Michael Kearns, Oscar Nadal, Richard Hyde, Robert Clayson, Scott Hankel, the special goodness. A.G. Uh, William Arcan, Jonas Astrom, Alan Bauer, Dean Bertram, Guy Boazzi, Guy Boazzi, James Brewis, Susan L. Brigham, James Briscoe, Jennifer Buchanan, Joe Burton, James Carson, Benjamin Caudill, Joshua Dilsaver, or Dilsaver, Brian Doerr, David Dolson, Robin Durden, Jed Duffrey, Brian Ferguson, Steve Fisher, Simon Fjeld Olson, James from FreeHollowBooks.com, Sir James, Lawrence Fronchek, Victor Gregg, Paul Groves, Francine Hardaway, Michael Henry, Yassi L. Hernandez, G. Lensky, David Hoffman, James Howard, James Irvine, Chris Jacob, Sir Chris, Brian Kaufman, Brad R. King, Matt Conlin, Nicola Kress, Gary Lader, Ian Larson, David Lee, Joseph Leeper. You want to take over? Oh, I was wondering. Chad Marbot, uh, Nathan Marshall, Mark Martinet. Or Martin A. Uh, Nate Meyer, Norman McDonough, Steve McGrath, Dwayne Melanson, Matthew Moss, Sebastian Nielsen, Steve Nograti, Sir Baron Stephen Pelsmachers, David Peterson, Craig Porter, Kevin Schneider, John W. Schumann, Justin Seitz, Seitz. or Seitz, Schnorstein, Sir, Sir Schnorra. Uh, Matthew Stroh, James Sutton, Josiah Thomas, Joe Travis, Mark True, Gavin Warren, Jennifer Whalen, Christian Winter, Michael Zelina, Ying Zhu, and Kent Zeiser. And if we left anybody out, Zeiser. Anybody left out, please let us know. We'll give you a special call out in a future show and we'll add you to the list. 
So this has been uh, it's been a big support. It has kept uh, our numbers up, uh, but of course we're still in the dog days of summer, so it's very difficult. We are just getting by as we've taken our vow of poverty. Uh, any way you can support the show is extremely appreciated. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And I'll, and I'll give an example of why. <clears throat> because I think that we, we do pull apart media. I think we do look at news. We do research. We watch a, a crap load of C-SPAN so you don't have to. And here's a <clears throat> an example of this company called Narrative Science. Um, and they are the company that actually create news stories automatically. And this is a fascinating company, just to show you what is passed off as news. So when a company files an SEC uh, filing, it's published in a format called XBRL, which is uh, Extensible Business Reporting Language. What this company does is it literally takes the numbers, takes the name, because it's, it's XML, so it's structured data, and plugs it into pre written sentences so uh for instance kellogg wk foundation trust sold 100,000 shares of kellogg stock or 5,000 5 million 300 worth as noted in an sec filing today and this company narrative science here's their website uh, narrative science we turn data into stories Narrative science transforms data into high-quality editorial content. Our technology application generates news stories, industry reports, headlines, and more at a scale and without human authoring or editing. Narratives can be created from almost any data set, be it numbers or text, structured or unstructured. Whether you maintain your own proprietary database or cover subjects reported by broadly available data, including public data sources, our technology cost-effectively turns facts and figures into compelling stories in real time. That that is the news that you are being given and read to you off of teleprompters by idiots like Anderson Pooper. And there you have it. <laughs> exactly. So here's the main good. Mel K says, I'd like to wish my boyfriend, uh, Brandon Welch, a happy 111 birthday. Uh, born on 822-83. He's a huge fan and has been for years of the show and will get geek all over himself when he hears this. Well, you should wash your hands after listening to the podcast. In addition, I'd love you to hit him up with some karma to help him achieve all of his rock and roll dreams, says Mel. And we'll do that in just a second. We'll hand out a little bit of extra karma. Then Sir Jimmy from FreeHollowBooks.com uh, says, uh, happy birthday to Peter's girlfriend, Subi Linden, September 4th, and Human Resource Noah, who turns 11 on today's episode, August 25th, 2011. John Shriver's happy birthday to us, John Patrick. Sir, his son, John Patrick, turned 6 on August 24th yesterday. And Jed Duffy says happy birthday to Victoria Arnoldi. Her birthday is tomorrow, August 26th. Happy birthday, everybody. And here's that karma there from Mel for uh, Brandon. You've got karma. And then we have uh, one night today, uh, John, which is uh, nice. This is our vegan night. Go. Yeah, this is our uh, magic night, which I think is pretty cool. You got it? Yeah, okay, good. Jordan Wyatt, step forward with your frail vegan body. Stick out that uh, stick digit, that bony finger of yours. We really do appreciate you not preaching to us, but always giving us interesting information to uh, consider. And uh, we proudly welcome you to the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. And you, of course, receive your ring. So hereby you shall be known as Sir Jordan Wyatt, Magic Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please enjoy your hookers and blow and a nice steak. Well, he'll probably skip the steak. 
<laughs> but that's I like that. I like people who support the show. They have different views. We we don't know everything, obviously. All we know is we we all we know is we know bullshit when we see it. <laughs> that, that we know. Hey, we know it when we smell it. Is what I'm saying. <clears throat> bullshit. Exactly. Hey, interesting. You know, as we've got uh, the Chiners fighting the the uh, Americanskis. Uh, with the earthquake machine. Meanwhile, there's some weird stuff. You know, this uh, Russian supply ship that was supposed to supply the International Space Station. Three tons of supplies failed to reach orbit and crashed into Siberia. Hmm. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's pretty odd. Yeah, I mean, how these, often... These rockets, that? by the way, they, I don't know if anyone's noticed this, but these rockets crash all the time. Yeah, lately... Well, lately they always have crashed. There's always one or two rockets, like they or they lose track of them, like the one they just sent off in Vandenberg, which I've never been convinced they lost track of. But I know they they have lost track of a few. And meanwhile, Branson's going ahead with sending individuals into space for like a quarter of a million bucks. I mean, come on. What, yeah, yeah. What idiot's going to get in one of these rockets if they can't even send a you know a, a, a container full of of Cheerios up there? It was an interesting uh, article. I mean, so I guess what I'm saying is I believe that the space wars are in full effect. Seriously, there's so much stuff going on that we don't know about. And it seems like, you know, we get rid of NASA. There's nothing but rockets going off from Vandenberg all day long. There's another rocket, another rocket, big ones, too. And then um, this was an interesting article sent to me by some of our um, producers who work in uh, in interesting parts of our governmental system. Of course, they're always sysadmins. This is from uh, Norfolk, uh, actually around MacArthur area. Uh, a loud noise described by some as a sonic boom was reported in the area from Ridge to Matituck Thursday morning, setting off worries a major explosion had occurred at Brookhaven National Lab. Um, and I, I truly believe this to be part of the space wars. But officials say, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. There was a, an F-15 military fighter aircraft flying at an altitude of 14,000 feet. And he experienced a pressurization problem. He had to make a rapid descent. And then he basically created a sonic boom. Yeah. Hello, please stop with the bull crap. It's possible. No, this is space wars, dude. Oh. Space wars. Moon base is everything. It's all happening as we speak. And you don't have to believe it. But I'm sure there will be a, I'm sure there will I'm sure there will be a great movie about it. Hey, check this out. Haven't played that one in a while, but uh, guess what? Climate gate is over. Case closed according to Discover magazine. Done. Stupid deniers, you were wrong. The science is in? Oh, it's totally in. A big claim by the deniers is that the researchers were using tricks to falsify conclusions about global warming. However, the National Science Foundation, who I take at their word, they released a report that is pretty clear that that's not true. The most damning thing the investigators could muster was that there was some concern over the statistical methods used, but that's not scandalous at all. There's always some argument in science over methodology. The vague language of the report there indicates to me this isn't a big deal, or else they would have been specific. The big point is, data was not faked. Clase is closed! 
That's right. Science is in. Discover Magazine says so. So shut up. It's all over. It's all done. <coughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, time. meanwhile, CERN, you know, these are the guys that... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, they gave up. Well, they no, they, <laughs> they've said... Well, how many billions did they drop into that oh, thing? They can't make it work. Billions and billions. 8,000 scientists from CERN, of course, may not be able to find the uh, Higgs boson uh, thing after, yeah, billions of dollars. But the first results from the lab's cloud experiment, this is the Cosmics Leaving Outdoor Droplets, which is part of their their big thing underground, uh, published uh, today, confirmed that cosmic rays spur the formation of clouds through ion-induced nucleation. And they are essentially deducing from all this that the methodology for climate models has to be changed based upon this research. Here's from the press release. We found that cosmic rays significantly enhance the formation of aerosol particles in the mid-troposphere and above. These aerosols can eventually grow into the seeds for clouds. However, we found that vapors previously thought to account for all aerosol formation in the lower atmosphere can only account for a small fraction of the observations. Oh, really? Huh. Huh. So you're telling me that uh, these climate models may be wrong? No, we shouldn't put that on the front page. No, should Oh, no, we? don't mention that. No, no please. Shh. Meanwhile, in Los Angeles County, plastic bags are now against the law. It's about time. (laughs) We, of course, have to pay 10 cents for uh, paper shopping bags now. What a scam. Well, they just want, I think they want to get people so they're not, so they don't have have bags at all. Because I I go to the Monterey Foods over here in Berkeley. And there's all these people, they bring their own bags. Usually they say Trader Joe's on the side because it's much better to have all these logos floating around. These grimy old bags that have been used over and over and over again. They never wash them. And then they load the fruit. They won't put the fruit in the, in the plastic because, you know, it's a, it's a waste of the, some environmental thing. I don't know what it is. And so they put the just the fruit, the bananas, the potatoes, and all these the peaches and the apricots, and they shove them into this grimy old bag that's made out of burlap with a logo on the side, and they're shoving the stuff in there, and they're packing it in, and it's <laughs> dripping out the bottom. And then they wander off thinking that they've done something for the environment. Good job. John C. Dvorak, pet peeve of the day. All the board trains good, planes bad. Woo-woo! Hey, a lot of train news, John. Good stuff happening here. Really, really good. So, <laughs> I love this one. Russia is planning on building the world's longest tunnel under the Bering Strait to create a transport corridor linking Europe and the Americas via Siberia and Alaska. This will be a 64-mile tunnel. And, of course, it will cost 33 billion pounds. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, so this is, you know, I think, is it possible that we have cut a deal with the Russians and, like, uh, you know, it's like us and the Russians against China? Is that possible? Yeah, it's very possible. Russians don't like China at all. No, I mean, and maybe they just tolerate us. But, you know, we've got all that START treaty and everything and... I don't know. I, I think, you know, uh, of course, we got Syria coming up. Uh, Syria has the Russian well, naval base. Right. That's going to that's gonna tell us what's what. Yeah. If the Russians get on board with that and say, well, you know, we have a naval base there. We can help you out with these atrocities. We can help you get the Assad regime out. 
then we'll know that that's uh, that uh, America and and by the way, I think it's good. I think America that and deal Russia, might still be going on uh, actually as we speak. Maybe the reason, yeah, why it's delayed. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's also I haven't seen and there's no evidence. And let's take a look at today's New York Times. Oh, yeah, this is the Ministry of Truth. We need a Ministry of Truth jingle. We don't have one of those. Uh, there's a thing about. Uh, Nothing about witnesses in New Jersey, the Steve Jobs' issue. Uh, Poor guy. Finances, refi- refining. This is kind of interesting. They're thinking of ref- giving everybody a refi. On what? Their home mortgages, the whole country. Really? Can I then buy a house and get it cheap? Yeah, too late. Oh. Really? Uh, so that's, that would be a huge bailout, wouldn't it? Yeah, for, but it would be going to the people. New numbers and geography for gay couples. That means they're the gay stories in the New York Times, which is about half the paper. Did you hear the research, by the way, that uh, <coughs> science is in? Bisexual men do exist? Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it sounds like you got Jeez. that HPV, man. You got, you got to stop doing that. Got a wart in my throat. Um, <laughs> and then we have this picture, a little cute little picture in the lower right-hand side. Of and this picture is so staged. I mean, I'm sure they, they always feel they move stuff around. It's a picture of some statue that was at the, uh, I guess it was at the National uh, Church or something, Washington, oh, whatever. The, the, the National Cathedral. Yeah, and there's a it's a statue that fell over. Oops. And it's laying on the roof. And so then I go deeper inside the paper, and they show like somebody in you know somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Their house has this big chimney and it caved in because of this earthquake. What does, so do sho- with, what does that have to do with trains? They're showing that I'm just, oh, I don't know. I've lost I'm, track of this topic. <laughs> I'm on trains. You're like off oh, to. Okay. Anyway, I just, I don't know. How I, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just. You should be. Very quick. All right. I do have a couple Wait. of train clips, though. Wait, well, let me, let me finish my train stories and then we, you'll wrap it up with some good clips. I like that. Uh, Amtrak, the Acela. This is the 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 train that goes between uh, New Jersey and the Northeast Corridor. This is actually the stretch of rail between Trenton and Brunswick. This is just Jersey only. Is going to receive four hundred and fifty million dollars for this twenty four mile stretch of upgrade. And here's the kicker: the speed limit will then increase. <laughs> this is great. Would save about. The total, the total. I guess they can go like 160 miles per hour on certain on the certain stretch. This means that it will save rail passengers one minute and 40 seconds, according to Bloomberg. In other words, 4.5 million dollars per second. This upgrade, that is awesome. That's money well spent, people. I love that. And then we have Warren Buffett, who comes out and says, "Yeah." Yeah, you should tax all the rich people. Take my money. You know why? Because Obama just implemented these new uh, regu- deregulation things, which is I've been trying to read through, which is almost impossible. You can get it from the Federal Register. Though the Department of Transportation is changing the rules that will eliminate unnecessary regulation of the railroad industry, <laughs> giving Buffett like a hundred and seventy million dollar tax break. Total tax break, $340 million or more. Thanks. Thanks so much, you shill, you old, ugly shill. And as somebody pointed out, the, vo- the tax system is voluntary, so if you want to pay more taxes, you can. That's what, yeah. There's a little box you can check on your uh, Yeah. On, just pay, on, on your Buffett, you pay another 300 yeah. mil. Yeah. You know what? Why don't you just, <laughs> why don't you just send everybody a million dollars? That'd be good. All right. What's your uh, train clip? 
Uh, there's a new, uh, well, there was a train accident in the Bay Area, which oh, really? oh, kept the train from moving. Uh, you know, somebody stepped on the tracks and got hit. Ooh. So that stops everything. Yeah. And now there's a new, uh, there, they've come some new idea of uh, <laughs> building magnet trains. Uh, <laughs> and just play the line, rail line. A Fremont company claims to have a new way to get mass transit projects off the ground. SMT Rail released this video of an elevated rail system this week featuring San Francisco as the backdrop. The company says it can use magnet technology to help run an environmentally friendly transit system. SMT also says the electricity for its trains would come from solar panels placed along the rail line. Okay, I'm a big believer in magnets and zero point energy. This is bullcrap. Magnets run by solar, solar. panels. What better tr- operation can you come up with? This is the best. This is the best. Oh, my goodness. And you won't have to take off your shoes. It's going to rock. And here's what's so funny about it. When they show it, the train is hanging. So I'm thinking it's magnetized. It's, ha- it's hanging by magnets. So when the, a cloud covers the sun, that the train comes tumbling down to the basic to the ground and smashes whoever's underneath it. Oh, fantastic. Anyway, that's yeah. my train. All right. That's all I got. No, that's all you got in general? or No, no, I got other th- stuff. No. You know, the, before the earthquake, there was, and this was on today's show this morning, too. Oh, they made make... such a big deal about these animals. Ooh, the animals know in advance oh, there was going to be an earthquake. Yeah. yeah, I heard a couple of those, too. Is it? Oh, I'll play the clip. We are back. Yesterday's East Coast earthquake took everyone by surprise, but the National Zoo is reporting that some of the animals housed there had noticeable changes in their behavior right before the ground began shaking. Apes climbed to the tops of trees, lions stood still, and lemurs sounded an alarm call well before the earthquake hit the nation's capital. Now, that doesn't suggest we should all keep an ape or a lion in our homes just in case, but it does suggest animals do possess some remarkable instincts hey hold on a second i don't know have you ever been to the zoo yeah lions stood still that's all they have do have you ever seen them move they just lay there licking their they balls don't do anything they don't but do now it. they stood still <laughs> what was it what, what msnbc yeah yeah that was and that was the douchebag ron reagan jr yeah, of course so just out of the prediction book, Dominique Strauss-Kahn, of course, is getting off. We knew that. We knew this was all just a, a reasonably elaborate hoax. I'm not quite sure how Vance, uh, D.A. Uh, Vance fits into it, but obviously he's, you know, the, the guy's walking free. You know, yeah. It's just well, we, in, we, and who predicted that from day one? Oh, we, we did. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, we needed Christine Lagarde, the Chicago Shield, to come in and start running the show and screwing Greece and screwing all of Europe, which now Alan Greenspan, by the way, former Federal Reserve chairman, says, hey, the euro's breaking down. What, does he listen to Dvorak Horowitz unplugged? I mean, is this like the big news from Greenspan? When do you think this will happen, by the way? I didn't listen to the latest uh, show. I, I usually try and no, catch it. We didn't it. talk about that. When do we think that the euro's going to fall apart and the uh, whole thing's going to collapse? Yeah, do you know when? No. I don't know when, but it's got to be within the next few years. Okay, but it's years, not it's days, not years. It's days, not not <laughs> not, not weeks. Along it's days, the, not weeks. So along, that means probably five years from now. All right. Along the, uh, this is crazy how these elites. I don't. I mean, so you're right. In in America, Warren Buffett, you know, he doesn't have to have the super rich taxed more. He can just hand over his money. It's a, there's a, a checkbox. It's fine. 
But now the French are doing it too. Uh, the French elites are saying, oh, we have, we have benefited from the French system. When the public finances deficit and prospects of a worsening state debt threaten the future of France <laughs> and Europe, when the government is asking everyone for solidarity, it seems necessary for us to contribute. Good. You just send us your money. But this, of course, is a, a, it seems to me like a scam to... Uh, to take more money from everybody. Okay, it? well, I've got, I've got, the, if you thought the other thing was the clip of the day, I got one. Oh. So this is a very, uh, this is a g- interesting question, and Napolitano answering the question about, you know, what can happen, what, what's going to be the, what's the future going to be like. This is Judge but, Napolitano, not, very, uh, not no, Lucy. This is, no, this is this is Janet, uh, Lucy. Oh, it's Lucy. Oh. This is Lucy telling it like it is. I mean, the, the clip sounds like, uh, yeah, because it, right. Well, she but, sounds, she sounds like Judge, but it's Lucy. So, so this is going to be, she's <laughs> going to have a nice elaborate question and she's going to tell you the answer real. Thank you very much. Um, since 9-11, as you mentioned, you've seen an expansion of the government powers to protect uh, American citizens from the threat of terrorism, as well as an expansion of bureaucracy, whether that be through the FISA amendments or the Patriot Act. Could you sketch out a scenario when you think the federal government would not need some of those extraordinary powers and a scenario when, in some cases, the United States could return to a pre-9-11 footing in terms of the powers of the U.S. government? No. (laughs) People are laughing. Oh, my goodness. That wasn't edited? That's literally her answer? That was exact. In fact, I was thinking it because it was such a long pause. I was thinking of clipping that out, but I decided to leave it completely unedited. So that's it. No. Forget about it. That this, It's it. We're, we're here for the long haul. Mr. Adam Curry. Open the door, Mrs. Curry. Now. <laughs> Sorry. I got to go. <laughs> this is bad. Uh, well, it, as as witnessed by the IDGA conference, which we might want to go to, IDGA Institute for Defense and Government Advancement, uh, the fourth annual Social Media for Defense uh, conference is about to take place. John, we, we might want to consider going. I'd love to go to that. Yeah, with the introduction and adaptation of social media as a vital tool of communication, the Department of Defense, there's a constant struggle to maintain operational security. <clears throat> Squirrel. <laughs> and manage the, and mitigate the risks that come with it. Social media has been widely used in the military and government departments for recruitment purposes, counter media, psychological and special operations and warfare, information gathering and counterintelligence. Hey, why, why don't they just like come over here and, and slap me in the face? Just, just <laughs> saying it. Yeah, it's, it's for psychological operations. This is hmm. this thing is amazing. Social media, you can follow them. Social media for deaf. What? Yeah. Social media for death? deaf? Deaf, D-E-F, Foxtrot, yeah. Uh, let's see, who should attend? Who? Oh, who you will meet. Let's see, public affairs, public relations, organizational transformation and development, web communications, executive communication, public information. This could be good. This looks like it could be a really, really fun, fun conference to go through. Oh, it'd be a great, where is it? Uh, D.C., October 24th to 26th. We should register now. Mark your calendar. Find out more about our exciting agenda. Hold on. Let's see. Agenda? Yeah, they've got an agenda. Huh. Oh, they've got a printable PDF brochure. Okay. Cool. Well, let's, let, might as well check it. From IQPC. Oh, you got to register to download your brochure? No. Here we go. Yeah, they want to make sure they know who you are. Yeah, they do. Uh, you uh, Twitter. Who are they on Twitter? 
Join the conversation. These guys, it's just unbelievable. You know, so many people, again in D.C., and it was, this was really nice to wrap up the Hot Pockets tour. Some of the, some familiar faces came back. Every, you know, of course, if you're in D.C., everyone's working for some organization or the other. And it's just really nice to know that we have these people, uh, these sysadmins in very interesting places. And uh, if we can get more and more of us, we could actually do something if we had to. And I'm not putting that beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah, well, dream on. All we're going to do is be what we're doing is shoveling shit against the tide. (laughs) And with that, I think we should end the show. That is, uh, well, there you go. Shoveling shit against the tide, everybody. John, uh, it was great actually talking to you. You know, it's the highlight of my uh, my week. And, well, it should be. <laughs> I can't wait to be back on Sunday. Uh, thank you, everybody, who uh, came out to meet us on the Hot Pockets 2008 tour. It was uh, a privilege and a heck of a lot of fun. And, uh, yes, Ms. Mickey is already thinking about 2009. We have some western states to take care of. All the links for today's program, uh, show notes, 333.nashownotes.com. And, again, thank you for all of your support. Coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, Gibbo Nation West, the People's Republic of Southern California, in the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley where... Well, there's not much going on. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will be back here for early morning service uh, Sunday on your favorite station, No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A Mr. Adam Curry Open the door, Mr. Curry! Now! And you can always follow me on Twitter.